I scream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream. But don't say that five times or he might come and kill you in a mirror. Wait, that's a different, that's a different killer in a different movie. So you could say ice cream shit all you want. Hey guys, I'm Ryan Leopolis. I love ice cream. Brandon T. McClure, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, I'm pretty lame. I like vanilla. Well, hey, guess what? So do a lot of the characters in the book we read this week. Ben <laughs> uh, Magnet, what kind of uh, what kind of ice cream are you digging? Chocolate chip cookie dough has always been my favorite and always will be. It's pretty good. Is there a is there a Dodgers ice cream? Not yet. There might be. Although um, there was a back in the day before COVID when I was really young, there would always be these. Sorry, like, sorry. back in the day before COVID when you were really young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like COVID you know, when we would actually now. be able to go outside, when I would actually be able to go to Dodger Stadium. Ben, COVID wasn't 20 years ago. You learned it wrong. Shut up. Let me, let me tell my damn story, okay? Sure. No, when back in the day, um, Dodger Stadium used to sell these really good ice cream sandwiches. It was like a, a huge ass uh, um, vanilla ice cream with uh, two cookies, and it was bomb as all hell. It was overpriced too, right? I don't remember. I never bought one. Oh, was- sure. <laughs> oh yeah, your parents paid for everything. Let's be real. Probably was. It- yeah. Real, real quick uh, before we get into it, I want to real move this out of frame. Um, I want to mention we got some stuff, cool stuff in the co- in the description below. Uh, for the replay, for the audio, for this, for the live, uh, if you're if you go to the description, we have Ryan Iliopoulos on uh, uh, downright annoyed. That's me. And, and we also have that was Leon the professional, correct? Leon Colin. We have we have that in the in the description below. We also have uh, our latest episodes of the Fake Nerds Watch for Lovecraft Country, our last episode for that, and the boys, our special, and a basement arcade for Dead by Daylight. Those are all in the description below. Uh, if you listen to the replay, if you're watching the replay or listening to the audio, I've also time coded every single news item. Uh, so check check that description, guys. I put in a lot of work in those descriptions. Brandon's on top of it. Uh, yeah, we are we are yeah. currently down a fake nerd for for the time being. Uh, Sparks yeah. is doing family stuff, you know. Happens sometimes. You'll join us uh, later. Yeah. Um. I'm Ryan. I don't know if I introduced myself. I never introduce my things, obviously, in the things that I uh, that I host that I realize because half the basement arcades I never say my name, so that's fun. Uh, spared no expense. Sp- I, I never. I don't have expenses to spare. Um, <laughs> so who wants to go first in their week? How? Uh, how I've got a lot. Yeah, I've got a lot. Yeah. So, so if you guys want me what? to go first, I can. Yeah, why not? Let's start with you. Okay. Uh, real quickly, the thing I pushed out of the frame. I just want to mention it because uh, I've wanted this pop figure forever. I didn't even think they made it. I thought they discontinued it when that scene was cut from Infinity War. I don't know if you guys remember, but in Infinity War, there was supposed to be a sequence where the Hulk bursts out of the Hulkbuster. They cut that scene. It does not exist in a full in a full scene anymore. It exists on parts in the uh, in the new uh, big like massive set of of the of the Infinity Saga. But they made a Funko Pop of it because it was based off of the because they were making Funko Pops before the movie was released. Mm-hmm. And so I've been looking everywhere. And I got it. Oh, Let's see if I can show you the picture. I thought you were talking about your microphone because you know, the, uh, the the phone call was out of frame. And I was like, just move it out of frame if you're going to do it. You don't have to wait no. or something. But now that makes sense. Yeah. So this is, the, this is the Hulk bursting out of the Hulkbuster Funko Pop. That's I've wanted right, yeah. it forever. This is so cool. I'm really sad it's not in the movie. Is that a, yeah, um, like a GameStop exclusive? So yes, it did release as a GameStop exclusive, and then the scene because the scene is not in the movie, it like the price of this thing skyrocketed. Oh, of course it did. Yeah, yeah. 
Um. Anyway, oh, just wanted to say that that was cool for me. Yeah, that I remember because um, uh, we always find that find out about Funkos before the movie comes out, yeah. and sometimes you avoid that, and sometimes not. And I think I either saw that or something or some toy like it. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then yeah. I was like, oh, it's not in the movie. And then we found out a lot of the Hulk stuff changed very quickly in that movie. And I'm like, wow, yes. it still turned out good. Cool. Remember Endgame? Mm -hmm. uh, the only Funko Pops that came out before Endgame were just mm -hmm. them in their time travel uniforms, and that was yeah. it. Yeah. Because they waited for the movie to come out to release the real, the yeah. real Funko Pops. Smart, yeah. Uh, hello, Mag. Good to see you. Smart MVP fan. You're the yeah, best. yeah. Um, okay, so uh, I did something. Uh, I did a lot of reading this week. Um, I kind of got over my my mental health issues that I was dealing with the past couple weeks. I'm alone. I don't know if I mentioned that, but Zara's out out of town for a month. I, I'm alone for a week too, so I feel you. Yeah, so it's and, it's been really difficult. Well, yes, um, I know. <laughs> don't gloat anyway I, so I, did, to. I did get to do some reading uh i caught up on justice league dark um that's a cool book written by ram b i'm waiting um, for that uh either for the trade to get out or for my bookstore to restock it because i want to i love ram v a lot i want to get that book yeah that book is so far ending what uh, james tinian did um which was the stuff with the upside down man he mm -hmm. he left like notes of where the story was supposed to go. And he was scripting it for a while with Ram V and now it's just Ram V. So he's wrapping that up and then he's going to do his own thing afterwards, which I'm really happy about. So I'm glad that the book gets to continue with him on it. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, I read, we talked about it before we did, I did a book club, uh, Ryan and Ryan's own words. It was the best book club I ever picked uh, aliens. That's just, that's a, that's a hell of a good bookie guys. Uh, so I decided to read the sequel books. Um, I read the sequel books of Nightmare Asylum and Earth War, also in a really nice hardcover. Um, this is a blue, blue pages. I love this these hardcovers so much. I love them so much. I bought the Predator and the ABP one. I don't know if I mentioned that. Um, these are not drawn by the same people, but they are written by the same person, Mark Verhaden. Uh, the first story is written by Den uh, Boves, I think, and the third one is written by is drawn by Sam Keith. I know Sam Keith. Okay. Yeah, he's the co-creator of the. I think creator of the Max. Mm -hmm. um, he, he, his story is the one that Ripley comes back in. So Ripley doesn't come back until the third story. Uh, no surprise, they're just as good. Yeah, cool. Uh, I like them a whole lot. They're shorter. Uh, they're a lot tighter. Also, um, he talks about it in the intro that the first one, you know, he just shoved in all the plot he could um, because he didn't know he was going to get more. And then when he did, went to do the next, the next two, he kind of like spread it, spread it out a lot and made sure there was time to breathe the character work. Um, we really like that first volume. I think that's still the best, because mm -hmm. um, I really like what it does with the alien lore and um, and things like and and you know the Promethean, the engineer. They were called the engineer at the time, I think. Um, the other in the book. That's all. In, that's all in there. But the second two volumes are just. Nick, uh, Newt, and Hicks. I almost said Nick's the couple name. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Um, it's just a story about them. Uh, right after we left them, Earth is lost. Uh, and what do they do? And uh, really good books. I really enjoyed those. Excellent. The last prop I have on my desk, so I might as well just say say what it is. I bought this. I pre-ordered the Star Wars lightsaber collection. I talked to you, Ryan, about it when we recorded our Lovecraft Country episode. Um, but I really like personalized weapons. I have the I have the Harry Potter one too. Mm -hmm. um, 
and some of the lightsabers in this one are really cool. I love looking at just the individual personalized lightsabers. Um, they got everyone. It's all canon. So they got Kanan. They got Ezra. They got both Ahsoka's lightsabers, both Obi-Wan's lightsabers. They, they got call the, the, uh, the Jedi Fallen Order uh, guys. They got them all. Yep. Yeah. They call they, they Cal Kestis. They have, I hate, I hate that they do this, but they call, they call Anakin's the Skywalker lightsaber. Because mm. uh, it was Anakin's and Luke's and Ray's. I mean, I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They have both of they have both of Darth Maul's lightsabers, and then is that this the light, is that the lightsaber that killed all those kids? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> what a legacy! <laughs> this was your father's weapon. He killed hundreds of children with it. Um, oh my god. <laughs> Uh, but this book was supposed to come out after the High Republic originally, because the High Republic was pushed to January. Mm -hmm. um, so there's High Republic lightsabers in here, and those lightsabers look awesome. Um, there's like a cross guard lightsaber in the High Republic, like a proper one, not one that has exhaust vents like Kylo's. Um, and then there's one that I'm going to describe to you. It's got it's the hilt, the hilt, <clears throat> some design, some design like triangle here. And then the crystal on top of that. So this is all empty and the crystal is just on top exposed. And the beam shoots through the crystal. Uh, it's so cool. I like it a lot. Like when your engine sticks out of your car. You yeah. Know. Like Dominic Toretto, the lightsaber. Uh, I think either it said in that book or some interview I read where like, uh, like all the lightsabers are going to be like, they're going to feel a lot more personal and they're going to be like more like a part of, of the person there. So like, they're, yeah, there's so more, more many. There's so, you know, there are, they were uh, intrinsic intrinsically tied to all those space cops. Yeah, I like the and they're more they're more leaning into the Arthurian legend of the lightsabers, because George Lucas talks about the reason why he chose lightsabers instead of blasters was to make it feel more of a fantasy setting, more Arthurian. Mm -hmm. So going to the, the higher public looks to be leaning more even more into the Arthurian legend stuff. So they're almost going to look medieval like medieval swords. I'm into it. Yeah, I'm I like it. I like that a whole lot. I mean, it's it's kind of Knights of the Old Republic stuff too. Like it's not like yeah. full sale. Like the some of the aesthetics are definitely inspired. Yeah, um, and then I read the first volume of Fantastic Four by Jonathan Hickman, Complete Collection, Volume One. How much? Uh, well, hold on. So, is Volume One Volume One, or is Volume One like three volumes? It's three volumes. It's the complete collection. So it's a couple. Yeah. It's a lot of issues. Cool. Um, Excellent. It's got his first Fantastic Four story, which was the Dark Rain tie-in, uh, and then I think the first eight issues. Yeah, Dan Slots. Uh, and then the first eight issues of his run. And right away, I noticed a lot of similarities thematically with Fantastic Four and what we're reading now with X-Men. Spoilers, literally. Uh, you could, Some people fault him for this. Every book he does kind of feels very similar. I'm sure. Yeah, even uh, Avengers. Like, Avengers is heavy Fantastic Four, heavy X-Men. Um, yeah. It's not a bad thing. It works for me. It works for me, too, so far. Yeah. Um, and I'm, But there's a moment where there where like, it's a 20 year old book i don't care um it's, Fra yeah. franklin richards from the future comes to the past comes to the past and talks to valor uh v valeria. valeria valeria richards um and and says a prophecy of like four cities are going to rise up and war like mm, mm -hmm. yeah he likes the prophecies yeah he's all about soothsayers and things coming together all that shit yeah 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 um it's a lot of fun uh i have the second volume the third volume's not out yet um oh, so i'm gonna so i can't wait to read the is second it, volume coming out soon do you know i don't know uh the third volume of avengers is coming out first which surprised me because avengers came out uh, started being released after yeah that's um, why there'll be a bigger seller of a book 
Probably, but I'd like to read more of his Fantastic Four because the third volume has his stuff post Johnny Storm's death. Yeah. Oh God, that when when does the what you stuff uh, and what did you read last? Like um, when, I don't remember like the issue number because they're all like five sixty seven. I don't know any of that stuff. Yeah, it was he ends ends the this trade ended with the the fourth city rising. It was like there was a city and a glacier that claimed to be Atlantis, and Namor didn't like that. Um, the, right, it's all the, weird fish people yeah and then um mole man has a city that's turning his mole his moloids into normal people um the high evolutionary stuff i think so and then yeah and then and then uh adeline the city of adeline became this giant city within humans creatures from from various other races yes um because he created he decided that the Cree, we all knew that the Cree experimented with other races, but we, they weren't called Inhumans, but now they're all under the same Inhuman banner. He brought them all together, yeah. Yeah. So that, so it's really cool. I really like that book. I'm glad. Uh, I caught up on Ten of Swords, and I caught up on Death Metal. Uh, oh, hello, Downright Nerdy. Downright Nerdy. Hello. Nerdy and Jens. Um, hello. He says, Comic book talk. Um, I caught up on Ten of Swords and Death Metal, both really good, I think. Uh, then I want to highlight Commanders in Crisis, which is Steve Orlando's new book. Mm-hmm. Um, I read that. I think that book is really good. It's got a really strong first issue. There's no but. I know it sounds like there's going to be a but after this, but there's no but. Um, the premise of various superheroes from alternate Earths who witnessed a crisis event now being taken on to uh, uh, the this uh this earth to stop a crisis event is really cool and there's like uh each each superhero has a very specific role on their earth that's really cool when you figure it out i won't spoil it for those who haven't read it yeah um that does ask me a question though he asks, brandon are you caught up on discovery i am i have seen the first two episodes of season three of discovery it's their their discovery <laughs> yeah uh commanders of crisis is dope um like i up leading up to this book like it had it had like a lot of hype surrounding it yeah. and, like he's done a bunch of interviews and like he is very blatantly saying like yo i'm i love superhero comics and like i'm wearing my insp- inspirations on my sleeve and it is very like justice league international and very like it is very justice leaguey but also still being you know very 2020 and full of diversity and just really mm-hmm. cool characters and like yeah what's the superman character's name he's like like ring ring he's like ring the boxer oh. guy I don't have it, but yeah, it was like it was. I forgot his that name. That guy's really cool. Like he has a power, like uh, like uh, like the sh- like the the cooler he like the cooler he fights. He's like only strong- he is only as strong as people believe he is. Yeah, he's basically Santa Claus with strength, and that's basically <laughs> what how, that's what Hercules has in the Marvel universe. The 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 tougher Hercules is, like like he's like that's like his power. I'm like yeah. that is so cool. Um, and I just love I just I want big independent books to thrive, and this book it like sold really well. Mm-hmm. Uh. Hell yeah. Right, right now it's only a 12 issue mini. Uh, I can really see it going to, as an ongoing for a long time. Or doing what um like Black Hammer does and just do a shitload of minis. Yeah. Like this is like the base world and then build out. Yeah, exactly. Um, Downright Nerdy says really enjoying it. Uh, if you were talking about Discovery, then then yeah, we should talk. Uh, maybe do a, a Fake Nerds Watch on it. I don't know. I didn't suggest that last year. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Hey All man, right, you can, you can do a season recap. It's, everything's possible. It's the internet. True. Uh, so yeah, Commander's Christ is really good. If you're not reading it, please pick it up. That book should get a lot of accolades, um, and everybody should read it. I think. Um, I watched a lot of stuff. I watched more of The West Wing. Um, uh, I'm now at the point where Aaron Sorkin left the show. Um, he left at the end of season four. 
John Goodman was president for a second. That was cool. Um, even though he was a Republican speaker of the house. Um, well, that's I mean, cool. Man, makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, th- that's, that's a good show. That's a really solid show at seven seasons, 22 episodes. I really am glad that prestige dramas are shorter now. Yeah. Cause this is, this is a chore. And even again, like even back then, like the, what would be considered prestige shows had to, uh, be part of the formula of 22 yeah. episodes. Like you had to stretch that shit out. You had to have filler episodes, and like there's nothing you can do about it. That's just how TV was made. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just got it's spoiled. Yeah. I just got spoiled with prestige shows now. Um, Honestly, thank you HBO. Like for real. <laughs> like they're yeah. like, no, what if we made these an hour long and there's like ten of these? What yeah. if we're just paying? Like yeah. I'm, I mean, going back to early Game of Thrones, like the first few seasons, they told a whole concise story in one season. And I loved it. Yeah, they were short. Yeah, and I would there well hour long, but. They no, I mean, me, the season was only 13 episodes. Or 10 episodes, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, because yeah, I remember there are times where I was wa- re-watching, uh, or not rewatching, but watching Small Little for the first time, and there'd be, I'd get through a few filler episodes, I'm like, just sitting there going, how many more episodes until I get back to the good shit again? All of season six, buddy. That's all, that's that's just the CW in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was season six the introduction, the introduction of the JLA? No, the J, the, no. Season six, was, season, hold on. Season six was when when Lana married Lex. Oh, oh God, yeah, that season. Uh, Downright Nerdy says, "LOL, I'd love to." Studio is non-existent at the moment. Yes, maybe a season recap. Yeah, dude, get All your right. studio set up because you need to go do a podcast again. But hey, you want to know what the best episodes in the entire show were? Season nine, the JSA episodes. Some of the best, yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um. Did you guys, real quickly? I wrote this down because I wanted to ask you. Did you guys know that the, that the West Wing is not actually in the building, the White House? I have never watched the West Wing, so I don't know anything about it except it's political. Like the well, West Wing of the White House isn't actually attached to the White House. No, it, so it is. So you know the the thing that we always see in like establishing shots of everything, and the the, uh-huh. the thing that we know as the White House, which is recognizably the White House. Uh huh. The West and East Wing, which I thought were just the West and the East side of the building, are are not that. They are actually on the sides of the of the block, connected through a long hallway with the. What we see is just where they live. They work on the other side of the on the other side of the block. Oh, I I um maybe because I've never cared. I yeah. assumed <laughs> I assumed yeah, it was no. the work got done in there, and then they slept in the sides and shit. Yeah, yeah no, it's, the, re- the yeah, West Wing. The... I thought that the West Wing was like the the oval sized thing in the middle of that building. No, the West Wing's over there. Yeah, we all we're all learning today. No, hey, no problems. And. I've never really cared because I was the same way. I thought the West Wing was like one side of the building and the, the residences was, where like the family lives is on yeah. the other side. I was so confused watching the West Wing because I'm like, wait, where's this lobby that they're going through? Why do they always pull up in other these random places? See, there's there's a there's a mission in one of the uh in like the PS2 Hitman games where you go to the White House and kill like a like an evil politician. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, like well, it's also a fake game. I think there's like a museum in the middle of the White House or something. I'm like, I don't yeah. think this is here. I probably do a lot of the tour. I mean, because I know they have White House tours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a museum. No, no. there's like glass, like, think- yeah, I was like, I know there's paintings. I don't know about all this. I mean, I would like to tour the White House someday. If I'm, I, I would not like this- to see it. Maybe wait a year. Well, not now, especially speaking of living in there right now. Speaking of uh, Aaron Sorkin, I watched his new movie on Netflix, The Trial of Chicago 7 um that's really good guys that's a really good a really good movie uh that's got sasha baron colin 
Um, oh, Eddie something. What's his name? Fantastic Beast dude. Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne. He's in that. Eddie Redmayne. Um, Eddie Redmayne. Um, yeah, he's in that. And uh, so is um, Dr. Manhattan from the Watchmen TV show, Black Manta. I can't pronounce his name, so. I got it. Yaya Abdul-Mateen. The, the third? third? I thought uh, that's all I remember. Well, so he is the third. He is the third. Okay. Um, yeah, so he's in that. Uh, it's weird. It's a little weird because people disappear towards the end. Like, people who are main characters in the first part of the movie are not main characters by the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, but it's a really timely movie about like protesting and our rights as, as individuals and um, really solid film. Really liked it. Uh, if you watch the West wing, you're going to hear a lot of familiar lines. Um, he, re- he reused a lot of things. Sorkinisms. Um, I watched the new Apple plus TV, the new Apple TV plus movie by Sofia Coppola. Uh, which is a new A24 movie um, on the rocks starring Rashida Jones and Bill Murray. Uh, I don't really like Sofia Coppola that much as a director um, or a writer. Um, She's a little dry for me, but uh, Bill Murray sells the movie. It's a good movie. And Bill Murray as this eccentric uh, billionaire and father to Rashida Jones is really fun to watch. Nice. Um, So it's an enjoyable movie, I think. Uh, I watched the movie Contact for the first time ever with Jodie Foster, James mm. Woods. Um, we don't na- say that second name. Um, that's really good, guys. I don't know if you've seen Contact, Ben. I know, Ryan, Ryan, you have. Um, Written by Carl Sagan, uh, yep. who was my my god growing up. We're like yeah. growing up loving astrology and space, like Carl Sagan and Cosmos. Like that dude wrote a movie and it's actually like like scientifically accurate as most as, as much as it can be yeah. for still being a weird movie. Uh Go ahead, continue. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, there's not really a whole lot I could say about a classic movie like Contact. Um, it's also like just go into it not knowing much. It's really yeah. nice. It's really I neat. didn't really know a whole lot, and it was good. it was really fun. I think I've seen bits and pieces of Contact. You 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 are in for a ride, sir. If you ever watch it, it's really I, I, long though. All right. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't there a part in Contact when they decode a message that was sent back to them, and it turns out to be with Hitler's rallies? That is part. That is part. Of a scene, okay. yes. Okay. So um, there is more to that scene, though. Yeah, because no, because later when Joey Foster does actually talk to said aliens, they take the form of her dad. Spoilers. Well, there you go. I want. Oh, I was trying to be clean all the way. Weird. <laughs> ben, I wanted to be. I wanted to be uh, deliberately uh, alluding right. to what happens in the movie because I wanted people to go in not knowing. If you haven't, sorry. Forget um, everything I just said. What I said was a lie. You're doing <laughs> Neuralizer. Yeah, it's a good movie, guys. Um, I watched Borat 1. The first time in 14 years. He's a mesh. Uh, I watched Borat when I was a kid. I wish Sparks was here for this part, but I'm going to say something to Sparks. Sparks, the reason why I walked out of Borat when we were a kid is because I wanted to be offended. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to see that movie. Mm. Um, we all went together. Sparks and a bunch of friends of ours went to go see Borat. I really didn't want to go. I was like the only oh. no vote. 15 years ago. So I was I was looking for an excuse to leave and I left about the Jew joke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've always regretted it. I've always felt bad about that. It's been my whole life, my 14 years being like, man, I was a real boob. 
At the time, you didn't know who made the movie, I'm guessing. I didn't. I didn't know who Sacha Baron Cohen okay. was. Not, not, this is not me. Like, I'm like, I could be, I'm, I can imagine getting offended not knowing why the movie's even being made. I, yeah. I get that. But again, yeah. like, I was, I wanted to be offended. I wanted to leave that movie theater. I didn't want to yeah. be there. Um, so I, 14 years later, finally sat down and watched it. It's a good movie. I can't really say anything more about that because it was a cultural icon for so long. It still it is. People were, I, man, I still remember going, but when did that movie come out again? 14 years ago. So it was 2000 and. Oh, math. Why can't you I? Not you got it, Ben. You got it. It's not hard. You got we'll it. We'll wait here until you got it, baby. 2006. So I was in high school. I was 16, 15, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I remember at, when that movie first hit. Uh, there were times while I was walking down the quad of my first high school, and you can hear people doing the Yakshamash, or of course, that one person very loudly yelling, I like you. I like sex. <laughs> the, the not I joke. Like. The not joke became very popular again in my high school. Uh, yeah, but anyway, so I, yeah. go ahead. Oh, yeah, like it really was. I think for young people specifically, like who love catchphrases, uh, for a hard month, everyone was saying that all oh, that shit. Yeah, I feel like Borat was the hard radio version of the cult following that followed Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, that's fair. Because hmm. I mean, because I remember when the movie Dynamite, I haven't seen uh, a couple years before. Yeah, around the same. First time I was son Napoleon Dynamite, I thought it was dumb, and then I rewatched it and talked about it with my dad and my brother. And next thing we know, we're wearing Vote for Pedro T-shirts. All three um, of us. I decided to watch Borat one because Borat two was coming out, uh, and I wanted to, I wanted to see it. I thought it looked good. Um, no surprise, it is good. I still it's, need to watch. I, I need great. to watch. It. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I also watched it. I'll just talk about it now instead of later. Yeah. Um, I still think I think Borat one is a funnier movie simply in the fact that Borat one is not a is not a movie it is a series of skits that they skit together Borat 2 is a movie mm-hmm. and they also film skits there is a full narrative and like the amount of the uh, Borat and his daughter screen time sur- shocked me like not in a bad way I think this movie is amazing specifically yeah. I think that actress she's like a Bulgarian actress like she's incredible like I don't know about what you think Brandon like that she gave like a like truly heart-wrenching like not heart-wrenching like heartbreaking performance and like and again, it's all political, and it's about like uh, Borat coming to America with his daughter, and like what he thinks is best for his daughter. It's super misogynist and like very gross, and it's about her discovering what it means to be like independent and like um, America's version of that. And it's like God, Borat, Sasha Baron Cohen really is is like a genius at this kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, it, he he spoke about being fra- afraid for his life making this movie. I can totally see why. Yeah. If you remember, if you remember. We heard about Sasha Baron Cohen going to that anti-mask rally, and we had no idea it was for Borat at the time. We thought it was for his uh, Showtime TV show, This Is America. Yes. Um, it's very much a Borat-type show, but um, just more skits and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Very specifically targeting like like uh, poli- like uh, 2020 politics. But yeah. um, it, it's this is very much, it seems like a movie really made for right now, because at the end of the movie, it's talking about going to go vote. And I was like, in the movies, literally says go vote. And I'm like, man, they released it early. Uh, it's one for that, and because of the the Giuliani stuff, which is yeah. just. Uh, <laughs> oh, and the, they wanted to release it at the same time of the debate. Oh, on the debate, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, yeah, are, um, um, did you watch um, it, Ben? No, I haven't, I haven't seen Borat too. But one thing I do want to comment on of Sasha Baron Cohen is that because when I first like when I saw Borat for the first time and then heard about Bruno, it I always saw. Sasha Baron as like this guy who's just trying to like shock comedy value. But then the more I hear about him, the more I see him, 
It's like, no, A, this dude ha- is mad talented yeah. as as an actor, as a singer. Sweeney also, Pods owns Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, he was in Les Mis too. But also, but yes. another huge thing about him is that, I mean, yeah, he does stuff like these stupid comedy bits, but but hearing about all the stuff for Borat too, he does it with a purpose. And I really like that. It, it's he's a very he's a very intelligent person. But I think mm-hmm. what I think what I want to highlight uh, before going too far away from this is that uh, Borat Two is a story about a father and a daughter connecting mm-hmm. yeah. uh, at the heart of that. And it's and because of that, that movie is so sweet and so personal. Uh, and I was shocked. And be, and it also gives Sasha Baron Cohen a foil that is I would argue just as funny as he is in this. Yeah, no, for real. Yeah, like, yeah. like people, people are like joking, like, "Yo, man, give her an Oscar, throw everyone off, give this random Bulgarian actress like this Oscar." And I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know if I go that far, but this is definitely like a career making performance. We're like, yeah. oh man, she's like really good, like yeah. being the fake like Lady Borat or whatever. Like, um, yeah, she's there's a reason he picked her. Like, she's she's really good. Yeah. So yeah, highly recommend Borat too, guys. Should definitely go see that one. Um, I got more to talk about. I'm, I apologize. Don't apologize. I think this is the last thing, though, if I if I read my notes right. Um, I watched the Gamera trilogy. Um, if you remember a little while ago, I watched the first ever Gamera movie from the 1960s. Well, much like Godzilla in the 1980s and 90s, Gamera was also rebooted after it was off the air since the 70s. So in so Godzilla and Gamera and Gamera have parallel trajectories a lot of the time godzilla had a very successful film franchise from the 1950s to the 1970s and then it was killed off ended and then rebooted in the 90s in the 80s and 90s with with no connection to the original movies then rebooted again but that's a different story um gamera also had a very had a pretty successful no it wasn't never as successful as godzilla but it was still successful uh from from the 1960s to the mid 1970s and then ended and then because Godzilla was doing so popular in the 90s, they made new Gamera movies. Uh, Die, the studio, the direct competitor to Toho, who owns Godzilla. They created a, 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 new, a new series of Gamera films that just exists as a trilogy and never got further than three movies. Um, directed by the guy, we'll, we'll know him from as the director of the two Death Note movies that Japan made. Mm, the ones that we watched? Yeah. Oh. Um, those are really good movies. Yeah. Uh, and he also directed my favorite Godzilla movie, which is Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters All Out Attack. Mm. It's mouthful. I love, I love Long. Give it to me. I love it. Yeah, that movie is also really great. It's a, it's really dark and spiritual about like what Godzilla truly means. Um, it's a really like evil Godzilla, and the music is great. I like that movie a whole lot. You have the white eye. Yeah, that's the one with the white eyes, the complete white eyes. I love me some evil looking Godzilla. Yeah. Um, so Gamera was rebooted in the 90s um, with no connection to the original movies at all. And with the exception of its lore. So Gamera was created by Atlantis to fight the Gauss, which are these giant bird-like creatures. Gamera, he's a flying turtle who shoots fire. I don't know if you guys seen a picture of Gamera. He's got a turtle. He's got a jet butt. Yeah, he's got he's got jet arms too. He, he spins around as a jet. Oh, I have seen a gif of that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember anyway, you know, I've seen almost every Godzilla movie, but I, I don't know if I've ever seen a Gamera. Meets, that's why I, I did this. No, they did a death battle between Godzilla versus Gamera, and my first thought was like, who the hell is Gamera? I always knew who Gamera was, but because I've seen every Godzilla movie, I never saw any Gamera films, so I wanted to watch them. I hated those Showa films. I hated that first one, the 1960s one. But I I'm always heard... That they never did anything together. Like, 
it's like why not? They're warring studios. It'd be like Warner Brothers and Universal doing something together. Uh, Marvel DC had crossovers. That's true. Um, um, Warner and Marvel Universal doing something together. It's called the Wizarding World of Harry Potter at their theme parks. That's different. That's theme park rights. Um, there's a Godzilla theme park in Universal Studios in in Tokyo. Guys, we're going to Tokyo anyway. Um, well, we have to go to Tokyo soon because Super Nintendo World's opening up. Yeah, okay. Um, so Gamera uh, was rebooted is in a very dark way, uh, in a way that made that spinny turtle thing that was stupid in the 60s and 70s look really cool in this one. They reimagined the Gauss from being giant Gamera sized birds to being slightly smaller, kind of the kind of the size of raptors with these with these big psychotic eyes and when, and when they get burned, you see them like melt and things and they get, it's really dark and really visceral and really brutal and gross in, in places. I'm going to look this um, up. But it also, the trilogy of these films um, have Gamera be, be the, like the protector of, of, of earth. And he wants to, um, and he wants to sa- save earth. And sometimes that includes the people. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, because the people who is worse for the earth than the people. Gamera is for the earth, not the people. Oh, my that, green screen! My green screen! Is it that guy? No, that's the original Gauss. Okay, he looks like a goofy oh, wow. goof. Yeah, that, that's the original Gauss. The new ones are really gross and 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 disgusting. Uh, that's two of the same words. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this, so that was so that was Gamera, Guardian of the Universe. Then I watched Gamera Two: Attack of the Legion, which is about these these uh, these giant like crab monsters. Who, who are trying to nest in the earth and, be, and destroy the earth that way. They came from space. Um, they carry spores with them. It's kind of like the Venom symbiote a little bit, but they don't take over mm-hmm. people. Um, that's really cool. That has a really cool shot where Gamera is doing his spinny, stupid thing with the jetpacks and the music is blaring and it's kind of like vic- victorious, but really like really like downbeat. Um, and then it like the camera's like doing this like woo, woo, woo kind of thing with it because um, they needed to hide the bad special effects. Um, and then it like he stops and like does this anime thing where he pull where the camera like pulls back. He grows wings out of his hands and he like starts flying like that. It was really cool. <laughs> I love when things grow wings. I'm a big fan yeah. of sculpting venom. Big fan. Um, by the way, this guy also might have directed the Japanese pornos in the 1980s. We won't hold that against him. Hey, Slice Stallone hey. was in softcore porn. All right, yeah. nobody's like, also a lot of uh, manga artists. They actually got their start drawing hentai. Doesn't so surprise me. Let's not, let's not forget that there's a dark dark side of Twitter that none of us want to go to. It's where all of our favorite artists get paid ridiculous amounts of money to draw some scantily clad comic book characters. Yep. And like like thousands of dollars. So like, I, hey man, get paid how you want to get paid. Do what you want. Exactly. I, I mean, this guy made my favorite Godzilla movie. And so then I watched Gamera Three: Revenge of Iris. Um, which is about this creature um, that this ancient creature that is hatched and it's this gorgeous, beautiful creature that wants to destroy the world. And that's, um, and that's uh, paired with Gamera, who's kind of a disgusting creature, this monster that you should be feared who wants to save the world. Um, And that, and they, they have a really cool flight, uh, like a dog fight in this, in the sky. That was, that was cool. These Gamera films, and I'm not joking when I say this, I'm not being hyperbolic when I say this, these Gamera films are some of the best, some of the best kaiju films this genre has ever had to offer. Is it that guy? Iris, yes. That looks cool. That does look um, cool. It's like it's these, like a Final Fantasy summon, Ben. 
Yeah. yeah if you guys, Ryan, especially, if you can find a way to watch these movies, hope preferably better with the night with the mine. My copies suck. I'm getting the Blu-rays from Arrow Video soon. They just put in the trilogy in one pack. I jumped on that. Um, Sick. These these movies are so well made. Um, I people claim it's better than every Godzilla movie that was coming out in the same time. I don't know if that's true, but I think that it's real. There's some real art in here. There's some real dedication to make it look the suitmation is out of control this visual the visual effects are some of the best i've seen coming from the from the genre in the, in the 90s um the the suit the designs of the costume of the, of the of the giant monsters like i saw with iris look awesome it's a really great series uh i had a really good time watching it and they're 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 awesome i highly recommend to those of you who have not seen gamera just watch those three movies I should, you know what? You got me interested. I would like to. I would like to watch these because, like you, Brandon, I've watched Godzilla a lot. Yeah. Wait, what's that, Ryan? I bought this. I bought this for like ten dollars. Fifty sci-fi classics. It has a Gamera movie in it. Oh, it's probably the original. Yeah. It's Gamera the uh, Invincible. I think that's the original. Nineteen sixty-six. I don't want to watch yep. this yep. one. Which historian says it must be real porn is art? And it's true. I I read Sunstone. Anyway, okay. um. Sunstone is amazing, and and uh, so yeah, Ryan, you especially Sparks. I would I would say the same yeah. thing to him if he was here. Those movies are great. You would love them. It's funny. It's and it's like, uh, you are like me. It's not like like we have any reason not to watch them. Just like we chose Godzilla and then just didn't just didn't watch yeah. them. I don't know why. And they've made uh, so many. Yeah, I, I think probably because partially Godzilla is just the most famous one. Well, but Gamera, was- Gamera never. Gamera never had the cultural impact that Godzilla has. Was never quite as successful as as Godzilla. There's yeah. a reason why there's no Gamera movie coming out, but there's tons of Godzilla movies coming out. Yeah, that's all I got. Are you gonna oh, let me? Forty minutes. I, I want to know when you watch all of. Have they made any? Are you gonna watch more? Are there more? There are no. There's one more uh, where from where I was, but it's not a sequel. It's another reboot. Got it. Okay. Hey, friend, Mag has the same set you do nice uh no i do not ha- uh oh yeah the criterion godzilla set yes i do have the godzilla set for criterion mm, those i would probably like those showa films those classic 60s 70s films a lot more if i saw them as a kid they're very chill uh, child centric oh, oh yeah i remember watching them because like i said camera camera is the friend of all children yeah that is that is anyway i'm done i'll, I'll go yeah it's my turn I, it's not i don't have i don't have too much but uh we talked about Borat. Uh, I watched, uh, we, we said that I did the downright annoying thing earlier. We watched Leon the Professional. Um, I haven't watched that movie in a long time, probably since high school, for like 10 years ago or more. Um, that movie's really, really good. Um, Luke Besson, all of his uh, uh, grossness and problems aside, uh, has made some pretty good movies. Um, and that one, like, man, like, uh, Natalie Portman, she, she's, been, she's been a stellar superstar actress since she was like a, a child. And she didn't, and she luckily didn't have the the sad uh, like trajectory of child actors, and you know go through some shit. Like she made she was in Star Wars, and then she made Star Wars, and then she then she finished college, and then still was an actress. And like, yeah. man, good for you. You're, she's like just, I love Natalie Portman. She seems like a really really cool person. Um, Natalie Portman's in Mars Attacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's man, she's she so young in Mars Attacks. Yeah, I think that was like literally a year after that that. Uh, um, but yeah, Jean Reno uh, is really good. Uh, Gary Oldman is like a top 10 villain in that movie, man. He's so good. Um, yeah, uh, Leon the Professional, uh, super good movie. Um, 
I played some video games with Sparks. And that guy's not here, unfortunately. Um, we did some more basement arcade stuff. I think I don't think one more. Do we have one more thing going up, Brandon? Yeah, you, you know? have this this week. There's a Dead by Daylight and one more thing. I forgot the name of now. Cool. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, um, yeah. So we have a Left for Dead. Um, Left for Dead Two. We talked about it on the podcast whenever the news happened. Got an update ten years after that game came out because the community made a, a mod, a, a, a modded level that the the developers like so much because it's made by Valve um, and they own Steam. Um, they're like, hey, we're going to put this in this game for free. And then uh, now Left 4 Dead is one of the most popular played games again 10 years later, which is really fun. And uh, mm-hmm. you can watch Sparks and I play that soon. Um, Dead by Daylight, that stuff. I played a lot of Animal Crossing this week. And actually, I've been playing Animal Crossing the last three weeks. I just keep forgetting to talk about it. Mostly uh, for Ben and I, uh, we're going to be doing a live stream on Halloween night. That we um, are. Benny. And I'm very excited. Fanny is off screen playing it in handheld mode as we speak. Make I it super spooky, um, babe. Yeah, um, they're doing like an in-game event where um, you can like trick or treat with the neighbors, and it's like, uh, uh, I asked Ben, and now with help with the help of Fanny, like, hey, let's make our islands very spooky because they give you lots of like special ing- uh, recipes, so you can make like lots of pumpkin shit and spooky shit. So, um, I'm having a lot of fun doing that. The game's been updated a lot since I played it, and I feel mm-hmm. bad because all of my neighbors are like, hey, Ryan, it's nice to see you. I'm sorry that uh, you felt you had to ghost me. It's been six months, and I'm like, oh my god. And Ben, <laughs> you would know this. Animal Crossing has a really uh, fun way of being super, super real when you least expect it. So someone's like, um, man, I think I just want to move. You haven't talked to me in six months. What are you going to do about that? And I'm like, do you want me to like give you a gift? Like, what the, oh my God. Um, so <laughs> no. I did, I gave her an apple and she loved it. I was no, like, yeah. I, I get in the same boat because um, like, when I was stuck home uh, in quarantine, I was playing Animal Crossing every day. And then mm-hmm. after I got back to work, I very rarely play Animal Crossing. And yeah. when I do, and when I finally talk to all my neighbors, and and then it's like, it's like, hey, I haven't spoken to you in like three weeks. How's it going? I'm like, I feel so bad because I love all of my villagers. Yeah. Mag has a question. Do you guys have the carriage recipe? Carriage recipe. Carriage recipe. Oh, what was uh um uh, care? Oh, oh, for Animal Crossing. No, like like a big carriage, like a horse carriage. I'm Fanny's, I don't know if you can hear, but Fanny's been trying to get the carriage recipe because the way you can, the only like, so really quick caveat on Animal Crossing. As much as I love Animal Crossing New Horizons, especially for the Halloween stuff, um, you can only get the spooky, um, the spooky um, recipes like the DIYs while your other villagers are in their homes crafting it. You can't just yeah. like go to Nook's Cranny and buy a goose. Was I was hoping to do because then I would have had my entire island decorated in like a day. But it's like it's I have to go in and it's look at the draw. It's not every time someone's crafted crafting during the month of October, they give you a spooky recipe. It's it's a coin flip. So it one hundred percent not you thought you were gonna say crapping. <laughs> there's also they're in the uh they're in the balloons that you slingshot. Yeah, the 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 present. There's they could I they might also be in the message in the bottles that you come across every day. I mean, but that's honestly that's that's Animal Crossing. Like that's the Easter stuff too. Like they they don't want you to play the game for one day. They want you to play the game forever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're right. Animal Crossing is a day by day thing. So because it, it moves in real time, it doesn't move. Bro, I have to play every day because I have so many pumpkins now. I can do literally whatever I want. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful. Um, Ryan, continue. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I honestly didn't do much besides that. So I'm just going to talk about some of the comics I read this week. Uh, I picked up a Dune number one, uh, House of Trades. This is a, a prequel to the movie that we're never going to see. Um, it's about Oscar Isaac's character as a child, but also Baron Harkonnen, who is um, Skarsgård 
older Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård. Damn it. Yes. Uh, that's the Skarsgårds are there. There's, there's a lot. Like, there's a whole family. It's like the Baldwins. There's a many. Um, but um, it's about a lot. We of talked just, about. Yeah, we talked yeah. about that book when it was coming when it was coming out. Uh, we they announced it for Boom. It's the it's the comic book adaptation of the book by Frank Herbert, which is a prequel to the to the book Dune. Yes, uh, written by uh, his son and uh, another collaborator, uh, Brian yeah. Herbert and Kevin Jansen. And the art is spectacular, guys, and it has the beautiful Jai Lee covers, and I love Jai Lee. Um, this is some, like, seriously stupid good art, you guys. Like, it's probably not going to be able to see it, but, like, the like it it's some, oh. some seriously huge oh. sci-fi shit. Like, oh, I, I, don't, I know this is a miniseries. Like, I don't know if it's 6 or 12 or, like, 12. but I... It's twelve. Yeah. Oh. Oh hell yeah. Then this is that's a that's plenty. Um, because like I just want to read this forever. Because like the art is just it's so stunning. It's um the guy's name is Dev Pramanik. Uh, I'm not familiar with his work, but he's it's uh, sensational. Um, you guys know I love the Fantastic Four, and I have not been reading the Fantastic Four since probably issue like seven. Um, because uh I didn't like what Dan Slott was doing and. Uh, I know Sparks is not the biggest Dan Slott fan. Uh, I I like Dan Slott for the most part. I think he has a, I think he has a tremendous uh, uh, grasp on character voices. And I never have the problem with the way he writes characters. It's always a situation he puts his characters in, whether it's killing them or changing them erratically. Sometimes it's good, like Superior Spider Man. But like the stuff he was doing in Fantastic Four, just it didn't feel cool to me. I wasn't digging it. Um, but we have a new artist, R.B. Silva, who worked on House of House of Ten with Jonathan Hickman. So. Um, First off, guys, the art is it is as good as you expect it to be. It is it is truly beautiful and gorgeous. And it is it is very reminiscent of the Galactus arc where a villain comes down and he's like he's the herald of something bigger. So it's 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 kind of tying back to the old stuff while building something new. Um and the art takes it a long way, but I do think I think the character stuff's really good. I think he has a really good a good grasp of 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 the Fantastic Four. Uh so I'm really happy to be to be reading Fantastic Four again. Uh, I hope you can keep it up. Um, right. It ends with some really cool cosmic stuff. Like um, you guys aren't reading as well. So you like, like Nick Fury, he's been missing for a while. He's like the new watcher. Um, yeah. The watcher back and Nick Fury's with him. So like, that's, that's why I'm coming to this book right now. Cause I'm like, I love that shit. Please give me more of that. So remember the Bucky like, Barnes, remember the winter soldier man of the wall story. That yeah. was good. That was written by Alice Cott. That's like one of the one uh, Marvel books that dude did before he ran away. Like recommended to indie comics. Um, yeah. That book is so sick. Um, yeah. Iron Man, this new Iron Man book, guys, continues to be radical. It is such a, uh, we all know Tony Stark is, you know, the junior, genius, uh, billionaire playboy philanthropist, blah, blah, blah. I, as much as I, I love the MCU, the one problem I have with Marvel Comics, Iron Man, is, is they've turned him into Robert Downey Jr. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not always bad. Like, he, he always was kind of jokey, but, uh, there are certain aspects, especially of his, like, self-destructive nature that has just been wiped away clean. Um, and I, in this new run is really taking it back to Tony Stark being kind of like a, like a dude just who, whose, his ego is unchecked and Hellcat Patsy Walker is the person putting him in check. And oh. that is, they were late. Yeah. Uh, they were like a couple in like the seventies or whatever. Like there are some, there's like all these old school villains that I, that I like the unicorn, um, and Korvac, like the old cosmic villain Korvac is in this book. Um, oh, I know Korvac, yeah. yeah, it's such a, it's such a interesting Iron Man book. And I'm just so glad to have it because it is you know the quote-unquote back to basics type of thing but it's still tony just like not realizing sometimes he's an asshole and it's really nice to, for someone to say tony you're an asshole my man <laughs> uh, and i love that i love that about iron man because he's a, he is a conflicting character um and again that's one thing the mcu kind of kind of gets away from yeah uh, lastly i got my x-men books uh x of swords continues to be good you guys um 
I think stasis comes out next week. Is that correct? It does. It does. It does? Okay, so we're at the halfway point. Um, I'm, I'm loving it. You know, everyone's getting their swords and so we're all at going. The, we're at the th- one third part. No, it's a oh, what? one third. Twenty two issues. How many issues have we got? Ten. Ten. So okay, eleven yeah, is that halfway. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're halfway here. So like, it's it's what we thought. You know, half the book was going to be half the the run was going to be getting the swords, and then the rest is going to be probably some dope ass Mortal Kombat. I have fights. a question for you. I have a yeah. question for you. Ben, have you read it? No, not yet. Okay, so I won't spoil. Uh, why is why is a certain person allowed to be there if they are not a mutant? Um, ooh, I don't... Because um, you know who I'm talking about. I don't know. I don't... Uh, uh, from... Oh, uh, uh, not not Captain Britain. Shoot, I don't remember. I'm sorry. It's okay. It, hey, K-Titus. Hey, hey K-Titus. K-Titus. Captain Avalon. Oh, well, um, well, he's, he's not a mutant. Uh, no, but he's, I think he's just there for moral support. But he's one of the swords. Oh, he is one of the swordsmen. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. It's kind of, conf- oh, okay. I can't talk. I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. We'll, we'll talk. It's, it's multi, it's multiverse shit. Okay. Okay. Um, a, a juggernaut. I just want to highlight juggernaut. Uh, cause it's, oh it's man, no- that, that, <laughs> <the> <laughs> on that. Hulk on the Hulk. Oh, That's so cool. I could seek through him. Is that Kid uh, Prime down there below under Colossus? Uh, yeah, it is. Your green screen, Ryan. Yeah, that's Kid Pride, right? It is. Um, Dude, Chris said the way you had the book was it was like Juggernaut. It was like Kid Pride uh, as Juggernaut. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, that's yeah. good. Um, hey, it's it's reunion from X three. Um, Juggernaut is not tied directly to the X books. Um, one because Kane Marco is not a mutant, but um. That also it also works really well because Charles Xavier rep, uh, mentions that in this book, and he's like, "You can't set foot on my island, but you know I have your back, brother." And and he's like, "No, you don't. You just told me I can't live with you." Um, <laughs> but, uh, so what happened with Juggernaut before this book? I didn't read, but he got stuck in limbo and he lost his powers. So at the beginning of this book, he like you know he gets his powers back again. And he's trying to trying to get his life back on track, and he's trying to be he's trying to be a hero when people just expect him to be a villain. And I actually I find the I find it really compelling, like more compelling than I expected for a Juggernaut book. Uh, and absolutely no offense to Fabian Nicieza, but he is a old school writer. He's from the 80s and 90s. He wrote like X-Force in the 90s and stuff. But um, unlike a lot of older writers, I found he was able to transition to like modern writing uh, as opposed to kind of like the old school way of writing, like in a way where like it feels very modern and like he's writing young characters in a way that like I don't feel his contemporaries can write as well. Um, so I want to give him a lot of credit, um, and it makes me want to read more of his stuff that I haven't read. Uh, so if you guys can pick up a five issue mini, uh, Juggernaut's really cool. Um, um, the, the art's insane. Ron Guardian's like Juggernaut is, and he fights the Hulk, and it's really it's savage. It's great. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it. That's all me. right. Ben. All right. So as you wait, can wait, see... Ben. Ben, can you do this without mentioning the Dodgers? No. Okay. Never mind. I wanted to see. I'm, I wanted to put a bet if we if we could like wait how long he's going to talk about the Dodgers. That's the, biggest, with it. that's the biggest thing I did was listen to the Dodgers play in the World Series. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I just think it's funny that you're so predictable sometimes. Just like the Dodgers winning this today, right, Ben? Hey, Ryan turned it around to something nice. Yeah, yeah. Especially after last night's um, heart. I don't know what were they called. Humiliating. <laughs> oh, wait, I saw that. I saw that. What it was. Wow. Oh my god, that loss last night. That is. <laughs> I was in shock. How uh, we you, you put that. you put the Betty Hill theme over it, and it's really funny. 
Man, that catcher should have just started breakdancing when he did that spin. Because <laughs> you thought the runner was coming straight to home. No, you, I, no, you don't explain it to me. I was watching the game. I know. I know. I know. Yeah, you saw it at work. You saw it at work. It's, oh, so, it's so funny. Because um, Fanny was watching that last bit of the game with me. And all both of us, like, in use and, like, what the fuck? It's, it's no joke. One of the biggest chokes I've ever seen. It's, it's truly I, outstanding. I feel that that choke is because okay cause, so that choke i mean it, while bad it wasn't as bad as game five of the nlds last year where our star pitcher clayton kershaw gave up back-to-back home runs when he came yeah. into the game and this so was the, the, bottom, game, the bottom of the final inning with two outs and yeah i mean yeah bottom of the ninth with two outs and your ten the tying run was 90 was on a square position anyway ben so so you watched the Dodgers all week. I, uh, I listened. I listened won some games. Though. I listened to the Dodgers. I watched the Dodgers. We did. We did win uh, tonight. So the Dodgers have a three to two lead. The World Series picks up again on Tuesday. So hopefully Tuesday night the Dodgers will win. But if not, then there's Game Seven on Wednesday. All all in all, this has so far been a great series. I still feel the Dodgers are going to win. Are going to pull off on Tuesday. They're going to get a day off, which is good. Uh, so getting off of the sports talk because I know Brandon well, doesn't well, the words that are coming out of my mouth. Well, Ben, uh, hey man, you're a nerd about all sorts of things. You talk about it if you're passionate. Um, I think I speak for the rest of, of our show uh, and myself for telling you uh, we really hope that the Giants win. <sighs> I'm pretty sure Michael of Downright Nerdy Podcast is, agrees with you right there. Right. Anyway, go ahead. Finish your Finish your week. Uh, so, um, the big nerdy stuff I did during the week, um, not a whole lot, didn't play a whole lot of big games. I mean, if I did, it was probably a few rounds of Rocket League. I got 99 stars in Super Mario World, so I'm going back and forth through that. You got 99 stars and a bitch ain't one? Yeah! You you saw, well, I put Princess on my Instagram story, but, because I wanted to make it somewhat PG, uh, PG-13. Yeah, uh, um, I, I didn't see that. that. I don't know. I didn't see that. I just made that up, honestly. Uh, well, I did make a joke about my Instagram story, but okay. um, I went to uh, Frankenstein's again this weekend. And yeah, yeah, you do, you do that. You're still doing that. Not all every weekend. Just, just giving a hard time. I know, I know. But I did get something cool. So I bought a book from this one vendor. Uh, I got um, Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess Volume Four, the manga, because uh-huh. that's um, that's coming out. But also, this guy was really cool because he had this thing called the Karma Box. And the way that he was doing it is if someone comes up and buys a book off of him he or makes good conversation with said with said uh, seller, he'll be like, hey, there's a box over there. Go through it. And if you see something you like, just take it. It's yours. It's for free. So I was flipping through it, and I found The Saga of Raish Al Ghul by Daniel Neal, Neil Adams, Herb Novick, and Dick Giord- Giordano. This okay. I found this. Yeah. And I know uh, Brandon is a huge fan of uh, Rachel Ghoul, so I picked it up for him. Thank so you. this is yours. Next time I, whenever, uh, hopefully if the plague ends, I'll be able to see you and give that to you, buddy. No, man, that's a- and we'll see each other sooner. It's just true. Uh, that's a hell of a creative team right there. Daniel Neal and uh, uh, Neil Adams, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, only only caveat is it's number two of a four-issue miniseries, but I saw it and I was like, you know what? Yeah, I, Guys, I got it for free. So. My, my exists. It's true. It is. All right. Anyway. Yeah. But also, I want to give a huge shout out to my buddy Roger because he gave me like the biggest like act of kindness when I was there. Um, the Adam and I, we're because I'm in the middle of a move, so I'm trying to be a little 
frugal and like not get a whole bunch of stuff. And I was at um, my buddy's booth and we were just talking because he had a Pac-Man amiibo that I've been wanting. Yeah. And I was and he I was like, hey, how much is that going for? And he's like, oh, this is going for 30. But since it's you, I'll do 25. I'm like, I I want to, but I got to wait. I got to save because I'm moving and I got other stuff I need to get. I need to take care of. He's like, well, okay, well, no pressure. So how about 20? I'm like, (laughs) no pressure. I I want to, but I so I said no. And then um, Adam and him were talking because we're 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 cool. This is the same guy who gave me a hell of a deal on my Game Boy Advance uh, Super Famicom reshell. Yeah. So then we're talking, and then as we're about to leave, because uh, Adam was on a bit of a time crunch, I tell him, was like, yo, hold on to one of those um, Amiibos for me, because once I'm done with the move, I'll definitely come back and um, take it off your hands. He goes, you know what? Just go ahead and take it. Oh, that's he so He straight up gives me the Amiibo. How much is how much it going to be? No, uh, he had it on sale. He was selling it for $30, because it, it's, in, it's in the box. It's not loose, so it goes, that ups the price a little bit. And I was like, dude, I can't. He's like, no, it's going to a good home. I know you're going to come back. So just just take it. And we're, we're getting a drink. We're about to leave. And I'm like, because I, I had $20 on my wallet. I was like, no, I have to do this. I, I feel bad. I went back to his booth to pay for it. And he said, no, 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 go. It's going to a good home. Enjoy it. So oh, that's really so, nice of him. Yeah. So I got a I got an awesome little Pac-Man amiibo, which which makes me happy. All so, right. Yeah. You, and, you done? Yeah, that, yeah. that was my week. All right, that's the yeah, first yeah. third of the podcast done. All right. Yeah, I got mine in another 10 minutes. Yay. Um, yeah, mine went really long. Thank goodness Sparks wasn't here, honestly, because that would have been, we would have been here forever. Hour and a half. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, so we got some news to talk about now. And here's your bread. And your butter. Here's your bread butter. Hey, okay, not in my ear, thank you. Oh? So what we do every week is talk about some of the news. Yum, yum, yum. Um, some new dates got shifted around for some more movies. Uh, we're going to be talking about this for a long time. Oh Ghostbusters Afterlife was moved from its original March 2021 date to a new date of June 11th, 2021. Okay. Okay. Not too far. Uh, and Candyman got a date. Remember last week it was taken off. No date yet. Candyman, the new Candyman. Um is going to come out August 27th, 2021. That's far away, but hey, man. supposed to come out last summer. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to rewatch that movie because I'm going to forget everything. <laughs> watch watch uh, um, uh, Buy Some Fickner Podcast Mask, guys. We want to be out of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Peanuts got some big news. Actually, I'm kind of sad that Sparks isn't here for this one. I'm sure he'd have a lot to say. Um, Apple TV Plus has now become the exclusive home for all things peanuts so charlie brown uh everything um they're going to be the exclusive home for the charlie brown specials that air every year it's a great pumpkin charlie brown will air will be on the service on october 19th but will be free from august 30th to november 1st so they're going to offer it free but you can buy apple tv plus to have it uh charlie brown thanksgiving will be on the service on starting november 18th and charlie brown christmas will be on the service starting december fourth um and then so everything literally everything that peanuts has ever done every charlie brown the the show that is out now the show that is going to be out soon are all going to be on apple tv plus exclusively will no longer air on network tv wow i have something for that yes go ahead boo 
Yeah, it is a little messed up considering how many people it's, watch those every year. They're, su- they're such yeah, big... Um, it, it feels like this is uh, the same rating. It, it, okay, I feel like this is... If um, Apple's doing this, then what is stopping NBC Universal from doing the exact same thing to all the classic Dr. Nothing. Seuss Christmas thing? Exactly. Is, isn't um, like Sesame Street only on HBO now or something too? Yeah. So yeah. like yeah, everything that like regular yeah. people, not regular people, but it's like kids growing up watching on regular TV. Yeah. It's like it's behind paywalls and like that's that's the world we live in. But in, in, in Sesame Street's defense, it does still air on HBO proper. Um, it is not an HBO Max exclusive. And so also, at least it is still on television screens. And, and also another, still. another credit to um, the people behind Sesame Street, especially since of all the, the racial divide that's enveloped in this country recently. Sesame Street has had specials on uh, like CNN, trying to have help sure. help uh, parents talk to their kids about what exactly was going on at the time. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's on HBO, but still, Sesame Street is still doing its best to get out to the general public. So the new shows that are going to come, the new things that are going to come to Apple TV Plus uh, are are the Snoopy Show, a new Peanuts 70th, 70th anniversary documentary, and the Daytime Emmy Award Peanuts in Space: Secrets of Apollo Ten. Um, everything's going to be free for a limited time. Uh, what is the date that this starts? It's oh. all free. Well, that's nice. October nineteenth will be when it all comes on there, but it'll be free for a limited time they'll on just Apple. Up, but they're not doing the. They're not airing. Um, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, or Charlie Brown Christmas because those are animate. Those are holiday classics. They air every year. Yeah, they're huge yeah. ratings. They're huge rating games. Yeah, I gotta pay for it. Yeah, that's. A bummer. Uh, but you know what else is a bummer, guys? What? Uh, Quibi. And a, and a, and a, and and something that nobody saw coming. Nobody saw coming. Quibi is shutting their doors. They're shutting down. Their last day of service is going to be December first. Outside of that, all their con. Yeah, who, yeah. This was obvious as hell. <laughs> this was coming. See, here's the thing, though. Like, let me play the smallest violin in the world. Ben, I expected. I expected it to fail. But I expected at least a year. Yeah, I mean, right. Yeah, like, you're still releasing new trailers. Yeah, like last week there was a new trailer for something. They're they're gonna they're gonna try to look for a home for all the content so that it can it can live on. Uh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. Um, there there were some interesting shows that I really wanted to watch. I never wanted to watch any of them in ten minute increments on my on my phone. Yeah. So they can just turn those into regular shows I could watch on my TV. Baby, we're in business. So there is an open letter. I put it, I put the open letter that the Quibi people sent out. I put it in the description below if you guys want to check that out. If you want to read what they said for the audience for you guys, whatever. Um, but I do think I do agree when they're just like it's timing and it's a little bit timing. It is a little bit timing because they launched during the pandemic when people didn't want short form entertainment. Right. Yeah. Um, We could have gotten the year that it was that we thought it was going to have if they had released without a pandemic. I absolutely like I understand um, like Quibi, like bite size. Like I get that. Like, but in in the time of pandemic, like no one's going anywhere. All right. Give me, I, I watch things in eight hour chunks by at this point. Like, sorry. It's like we can do entire seasons of TV in two days. I did want to yeah. see, I did want to see the golden arm short though. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I can't, like, a, lot of those, a lot of those look good. Um, Did you see the, the stupid Katzenberg thing that he said? No. What did he say? Uh, oh my God. So yeah, the guy who created Quibi, 
he sent out like during like uh like when everyone got fired basically he sent out a letter saying just listen to anna kendrick's uh a song from trolls like the be happy song and like you know, <laughs> i did see no, that i did, I did. That. Like, oh, yeah that's a very billionaire thing to say mr katzenberg right? like wow picture pick i think this song was like pick yourself up or something like that yeah, yeah. it is i've seen the movie from trolls it's like wow what is yeah it? i <laughs> we all saw this coming no love lost there uh valiant effort quibi yeah if they just, like what three of their things had like were like movie formats, but it's like it's like no. I don't want a movie. I don't uh, think so. I think I think there's a couple of things that they did that when put together it's a movie, but it's yeah, all in ten hour in ten minute increments. Yeah, but every that one where Kevin everything. Hart was the one where Kevin Hart wanted to be a stuntman for John Travolta. That was a yeah. show, but okay. I think the I think the Anna Kendrick one was a movie. Yeah, like I would watch the Anna Kendrick sex doll one. Didn't they have a fugitive? Quibi yeah. show, they do have the, they have a they future Quibi show. They That's totally the did. But I, I, I don't know if when making the shows, they are making them in ten minute chunks or they're just yeah. cutting movies. I don't know, and that's a problem. When they, we, we knew this was going to happen when their free trial ended, and ninety percent of their subscribers unsubscribed. They biggity bounced. All right. Yeah, anyway. Well, Real quick, when Ron Funches is saying, "Hey, I have a," he's King Shark on Harley Quinn, and amongst other things, he's a comedian. But he says, yeah. "Hey, I'm, I have a new show on Quibi. I'm not telling you to buy it. I'm telling you to use that free trial." And I'm like, "Even <laughs> he knows." It's a bad idea. All right. Anyway, oh the the industry the 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 industry that we call show was not the uh, was not the only industry shift that happened. Uh, DC Comics announced this week that they are no longer going to distribute through their distribution service, UCS. Uh, they have left UCS, which again, they helped create in order to be exclusive to Lunar, which is their other distribution service that they helped create. Um, UCS would distribute in the East coast. Um, uh, uh, Lunar would distribute in the West coast. So now they will only distribute through Lunar everywhere still no international service yet and ucs did you see like like leave uh, his wife for like a younger wife like sounds like um ucs said this in the press release uh uh we will not close but we will offer uh other exciting items that stores can use uh, uh, bags and boards. they can't they cannot distribute ucs no longer is it ucs is a comic book distributor that cannot distribute any comic books. Um, I feel like this is just DC basically saying like goodbye, old friend, and like shooting old Yeller, and then <laughs> yeah. moving on to the new puppy that's going to last a lot longer. Um, yeah. If it benefits them, sure. Like I honestly, I don't know much behind this. I didn't, I didn't look into it or anything. Um, if DC thinks this is what's best for them, sure. Uh, for those of you, for those of you listening and don't know. Uh, DC com every comic book is distributed through a comic book company called Diamond Distribution. Diamond Distribution has exclusive contracts with everyone. Um, DC this year decided to bail from their exclusive contract with Diamond and create two new distribution services in the United States uh, and distribute solely through them. Everyone said that was breaking up Monopoly. That's not how Monopoly works. Diamond, uh, Lunar, Lunar and UCS did not distribute other comic books. It was just DC Comics. Um, now, UCS is going to go under, and it's just going to be Lunar. And UCS is the one that was created by Midtown Comics, I think. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, so. I mean, yeah, it, it seems it seems it seems a little sketchy, but like again, like I don't know the business behind it. Like I'm yeah. it could be like they this was the plan all along. Like, hey, we're gonna do these two and see which one works out better. Like I who knows? Um Yeah. I just feel I bad just, for the comic book distribution company that can't distribute comics. Yeah, they're just they're probably going under. Uh I just wish North Comics came out on, on, on Wednesdays, that's all. It, well, yeah. Um well uh you guys like Marvel Unlimited? I I I sure do, and I do more now. More, right? More. This this guy is definitely the. I, I would say I part of me wants to say salesperson, but also what's the other word I'm looking for? Maybe it sells itself. Yeah, Marvel Every Unlimited. Day. Ben, let me tell the news. Ben, Marvel Unlimited will now. So before this, Marvel Unlimited would have uh, new comics out six months after they were released in stores. So the physical oh, well, copy comes out six week six months later. They're on Marvel Unlimited. Generally, when the trade is out, you can read it uh, for free, quote unquote, on, on Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. yeah. Marvel Unlimited was a subscription service, but now it'll be three months. Let's, Ooh, I'm let's... just showing it off. You can talk. I'm just showing it off. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, Marvel Unlimited will now be three months. So when a comic book comes out this Wednesday, three months later, it's on Marvel Unlimited. So they shorten the time. Uh, I, it, it's, it's very interesting timing with Disney saying that they're going to try to structure, they're going to focus more on streaming stuff. And then this news comes out where all the digital stuff is coming three months or earlier. Uh, this, this is monumental. You guys, for people who are on the fence about digital comics, even if you're not, even if you just can't read everything, $10 a month to read almost one, to read every Marvel comic that's almost ever been made. And two, to read almost every new comic three months after it's come out. There simply is no better deal than that. There simply is no better deal than that. Um, I don't know if DC will follow. I wouldn't be shocked if they do. Uh, they don't need to. Six months, I still think, is is pretty generous. Um, but this news is insane, you guys. Like, oh, yeah. Empire number one is on this book, and I was reading that book a month ago. That's yeah. crazy. Um, it's I, I, think it's, I think it's fantastic. Uh, this is going to – I really hope this push sales because I was very, very staunchly anti-digital. And then they found a way, uh, especially when you have, like, like iPhones. Oh, my God. My, my flash is on for some reason. <laughs> That's stupid. Uh, when you have like really crisp like technology that can like uh, have digital comics look really good, uh, the way that the digital comics uh, like auto focus on certain panels and like uh, tell the story even better than when doing page folding because sometimes like when you're reading a book stuff will get spoiled like before the page gets turned you know yeah. like, you just read it and digital comics don't have that like it does it panel by panel it's really cool. Um, um, for those of you, for those of us, we're all Wednesday warriors. Um, I don't see this doing any any significant impact on retail stores at all. There's still people who are always going to want that book day of. 100. percent Yeah, yeah. I it mean, just kind of helps people who don't have access to a comic book near them. Well, yeah, like, if near someone them. was like, if someone was on the fence, they would be like, "Oh, I don't want to wait six months. Now it's three months. It's like maybe I'll take a look." Well, at it. it's also like if you if you're not close to a comic book store, mm -hmm. this, you know, if you're you if go. you live. In if you live in like rural Ohio and you need to drive 50 miles to go to your comic store, I mean, like, I mean, I personally, I'd probably do that like, like once every two weeks or something. Cause I'm, cause I'm silly and I love comic books, but like yeah, months is not that long and $10 to read everything. Like that's dude, that's insane. It's so good. Mm -hmm. um, da, 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 which historian says, uh, well, and yeah. there have been independent virtual comics for years that are amazing quality. Indeed. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of comics, though, speaking of Marvel comics specifically, they announced a new comic book, actually a couple of Hulk comic books. That was not intentional. Um, Immortal Hulk Flatline. We've all read Immortal Hulk. We all love Immortal Hulk. Uh, one of the best books that Marvel is putting out right now. 
there is going to be a new one-shot tie-in to the Immortal Hulk called Immortal Hulk Flatline, uh, written with written and, and uh, drawn by Declan Shalvey. He's amazing. Um, the solicitor reads: Every morning, Bruce Banner wakes up in a new place. The Hulk is trying to tell him something, but Bruce has has had enough of his green-veined altar. When a new gamma-powered villain shows up in a small New Mexico town, Bruce is forced to confront the source of his anger, and it's nothing that fans will expect. It comes out in January. January, cool. Yeah. And we love like, the Immortal Hulk. Yeah, like Lemire did that one shot with Mike Del Mundo like, uh, last month. Um, Tom Taylor did a one shot? Yeah, uh, uh, like a year or two ago, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, man, like, give me more. Give me more, more, more. I feel really bad for whoever has to follow the Immortal Hulk. Again, unless it's like, unless they get like a Lemire or something, like it's yeah, it's gonna be hard. You're gonna need yeah. a, you gotta be a real good writer. Um, Maestro is also coming back. There's currently a Maestro origin comic. Maestro is another Hulk alter. For those of you who don't know, his future self. Um, he uh, is getting an origin comic from his creator Peter David um, right now, and it will be followed with a sequel comic, uh, five issue mini called Maestro War and Pax, also written by Peter David, with artist by Javier Pina. Mm. Um, I'm not gonna read the solicitation, um, but it's like his origin story is done, and now he's gonna take over the world. Cool. Um, yeah. I don't know why they didn't just turn, just make it like the, this is like oh, this is issue six to ten of the of. I don't know why they need two different miniseries yeah. with the same guy, but I, I guess that's probably. You, I think probably you want it to see how it sells well if it sells well. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um. Hey, man. I'm. I'm. I don't super care about Maestro right now specifically. Because we're dealing with so much good Hulk stuff, I don't really care about big, just boring. I'm, I'm old, evil Hulk. Speaking of the uh, the Hulk, the latest issue of Immortal Hulk has a letter at the end that said, "I'm so glad you brought back the Devil Hulk." And I was like, "Excuse me, what?" Uh, the Devil Hulk was apparently a creation from the from the early 2000s, uh, mm-hmm. and I got Marvel Unlimited to read that run because uh, I've got the uh, I want to see his origin. Devil Hulk. Um, I'm really interested right now in Hulk, uh, specifically like where a lot of this stuff comes from, like the origins of some of these stories, some of these mm-hmm. ideas that he's playing with in this in this book. Yeah, yeah um, a lot of it is yeah, um, specifically like like the dad stuff is a lot of older stuff that a lot yeah. of writers, I think, were too just honestly too scared to tackle because it's really heavy. And yeah. Hulk, for the most part, is a big, big smashy boy. Um, when really he can be as as in depth as any other character, um, mm-hmm. which we're getting right now. Especially when they dive into his into more of his alters like Joe Fixit or Savage Hulk or Scar. Yeah. Um, who is still knocking around in there in some way that I won't spoil for Ben, who has not read the latest issues. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, Titan Comics is currently doing a Blade Runner comic book series. Ryan, are you reading that Blade Runner comic book series? I bought the first issue and I didn't read it. <laughs> okay. Well, they're coming out with another one called Blade Runner Origins. Cool. I saved it. It was me and my one issue. <laughs> uh, they're going to come out with another one called Blade Runner Origins, uh, written by Mike Jox- Johnson, Kay Perkins, and Mello Brown. I don't know which one of them is the artist, or if the artist is even listed right now. That's all I had. That's all the information I had with Creative Team. Okay. Um, this is about the origin of the uh, Blade Runner co- division. I think Mike Perkins is an artist. I think. Okay. Um, uh, you mean Kay Perkins? Oh, I thought I thought I heard. So nope, never mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> So this is set 10 years before the first Blade Runner, and it's about the origins of how that, of, of why they decided to create the, the Blade Runner division. So. Um, I will probably probably pick up this first issue. Um, I'm definitely very uh, more intrigued about the origins of, why did we start hunting robot people? Because that seems awful. 
there's actually a character that was debuted in one of the prequels to Blade Runner 2049 who is the main character of this comic. Wait, they're in 2049? It, well, they're in one of the prequels to 2049. Remember, they had the three oh, short film prequels? Right. Sorry, gotcha. Oh, yeah. man, I forgot all about those. Damn. Yeah, I'm gonna right? Have, I'm going to just do, like, in, a, like, a couple weeks, just, like, a heavy... Let's just watch all the Blade Runner shit again. Yeah. Because it's been a while. I want to watch the prequels. I have. I finally bought the Blu-ray for Blade Runner 2049, so I'm going to watch the prequels soon. Um, yeah, so his name is Detective Cal Moreau. Yeah. Cool. Good job. Right. Anyway. Good job, Cal. Well, guys, the Snyder Cut is the gift that keeps on giving. Just won't go away. Just keeps on trucking. You know what? At least it's giving us interesting morsels. At That's least true. that. That's true. Yeah. I'm going to tell I'm going to just say, we all know that Joe Manganiello was in the movie. Uh, you know, we, he, he said that he filmed the whole sequence with Ben Affleck. Um, and he said it was he filmed all the scenes, or I guess not, because he's coming back to do reshoots for the Snyder Cut. See, I bet, uh, like whatever scene they shot was literally like like a cameo scene that was like a minute long. I doubt it was like an extended fight scene. So like I, it's all I don't believe that. Yeah, yeah, this I'm is about that too. This Joe Manganiello, you know, he confirmed he's coming back for the, for this. Um, he. <laughs> Whatever this movie is going to be, whatever this miniseries is going to be, sorry, it's four, it's four hours long. Whatever yeah. this is, was not what it was. No way. Oh, no. Oh, no. This movie again, is again, not the movie that people were campaigning for. It, true. And again, I'll have to respect it because I'm wondering if Zach is just like, man, let me just, hey, Joe, do you want to be in this? Hey, uh, Jared Leto, do you, you want, oh my God. Okay, let's just, yeah, baby. Like maybe it's like he gets to correct all the wrongs that he never, and just, Maybe this movie will be, it's probably still going to be bad, but at it's, least it'll be a Justice League epic. But I mean, it just goes to show you, it was never done. Oh, no. He, he never oh, had no. a finished cut of this movie. Um, Jared Leto, as, as you said, Jared Leto also is coming back uh, to reprise his role as the Joker for the Snyder Cut. Now, Jared Leto was not in the original cut of the Snyder Cut. No way. No, no, and no, no script have you heard he was in the Snyder Cut. One, uh... This one seems less necessary, but I'm imagining yeah. this is probably dealing with some Batman, him killing Robin stuff. Oh, I'm one. So there's going to be a lot more Batman. I heard, uh, yeah. uh, it's probably just rumors, but I'm pretty sure that's the reason why they're coming back because they want to show him killing Robin. Yeah, like a flashback or something. Boy, yeah. I don't think I need to see that, Snyder. All right. I don't need to see that either. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, <laughs> uh, the, the given reason why this why this is happening is because this is no longer the same movie that they worked on. However, Jeff Johnson, John Berg have had their producer credits removed from the film. Hmm. Um, they stated, oh. yeah, well, they, well, they stated that um, sources close to the two said they are having their names removed because they aren't working on their version and they are no longer Warner's execs. However, the flaw there is if you worked on any part of that movie, if it was in fact done, that is still that movie, and Jeff Johns and John Berg still have to pay for it, which means they should mm -hmm. still have a credit. Yeah. So either this film is completely different than what they worked on, or someone told them to remove their names. I bet you uh, uh, both. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, as we know, there's a lot of controversy happening with them right now with Ray Fisher. Um, both of them have been have had their names uh, well, not tarnished if it's deserved, but you know it's. They're not, they might, they might not be good people, but so, uh, so I think an executive told them guys to get you, we need your names off of these, get them off. Um, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked if they were totally okay with that. I'm sure. 
Yeah. Uh, Jeff is still a co-writer on Wonder Woman, though, so Wonder Woman 84. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, he's a co-writer. He's co-wrote the script with Patty Jenkins. Alan Alan Heinberg still? Uh, As the writer? No. Oh, okay. Because he did the first one, right? We're talking about the movie? Yeah. Alan Heinberg wrote the first movie? The first Wonder Woman movie? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns again. I don't believe so. Oh, well, let me. You go to the next story because I, I could just be making shit up with them. 1984 is, ri- is, co- is co-written by Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns. That's what we know for sure, though. Mm. Um, all right. Uh, so miscellaneous. This is, this is actually a lot. I just didn't have a place to put it. So it's kind of clumped together. Um, Alan, Alan, Heiberg. Alan Heiberg is the sole sc- uh, screenplay writer. Uh, uh, and then other people did story credit. Cool. There you go. Um, we've heard a lot of rumors about this, but Warwick Davis is, in fact, returning to the role of Willow. Um for a Disney Plus TV series that will be Lucasfilm's first TV series that is not Star Wars. Man, he gets a whole ass series. Good for you. Yeah. Um, he's hate. been he's been campaigning to he was he started Willow, Willow Ron Howard directed it. He, they've been campaigning to get this series made for a while now. And Disney finally announced that yes, Disney Lucasfilm is going to go forward with it. Ron Howard, uh, who I said is the director of the first film, will return as an executive producer. Which means uh, John, nothing. Which means nothing. John M. Chu, who is the director of Crazy Rich Asians, uh, will be an executive producer and he'll direct the pilot. Cool. Okay. All right. Um, Jonathan Kasdan, son of uh, Papa Lawrence. Kasdan. <laughs> Lawrence Kasdan. Lawrence. <laughs> I forgot his name for a second. Um, who is the co-writer of uh, Solo, Star Wars Story. Um, and Wendy Miracle. Sh- sure, Miracle. Uh, who is the uh, uh, showrunner for Arrow later on in the series, uh, will be the executive producers and they will serve as the showrunners. So yeah. All right. Willow's I coming mean, back, I, guys. I mean, cool. Like everything, nothing's, nothing stays dead in, in, yeah. in the nostalgia world. Um, I've seen Willow once like a thousand years ago. So I, uh, I'm, people tell me it holds up on, on Twitter. So I'm sure I'll watch it when I, I see a trailer for this. Um, I haven't seen it at all. Warwick Davis, right? Indeed. Yeah. Okay, I think I know what you're talking about. I've never also, seen it. Um, Val Kilmer, a young, young, hot Val Kilmer. Not hot. No, never mind. Just Val Kilmer. <laughs> not hot. He's not hot in that Ooh. one. All right, Val Kilmer. Like, how um, hot is he? On a scale of... Um, on a scale, scale of the Batmans, from George Clooney to Christian Bale to Michael Keaton, what are we looking at? Not George Clooney is like definitely the number one. That is yeah. like Bruce Wayne personified. Well, um, busy, are we talking about like uh, Top Gun Hot Bell Kilmer or are we talking about that one movie with Denzel Washington? See, he has some bad hair in in. Why are we so talking I'm, about this? I don't know. Because <laughs> <Hello. laughs> right. when I said not Hot Bell Kilmer, I'm like, I'm sorry, but we should I be talking about it. He's a good looking man. <laughs> we should be talking about the Meg, guys. Remember the Meg? Yeah, Sparks, you where you at? That, you mean that joke from Family Guy that's overdone? No. Yeah. Uh-huh. The the Meg, the giant shark movie based off the book that was awful. Oh, you mean Jaws 5? No, people... Oh, the movie that's awful, yes. I love, The book's great. I like the book yeah. a lot. I read the book. Um, the movie was not great. Well, however, Meg 2 is happening. It didn't make enough money on... Um, on uh, what's it called? Foreign releases. Mm-hmm. International yeah. releases. Um, and uh, yeah. Ben Wheatley has been hired to direct it. Ben Wheatley. So they got... Um, familiar he's also doing the Tomb Raider 2 oh what, what 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 big movie did this Mr. Wheatley make that he's getting all Free, the big movies 
Free Fire, I want to say. Oh, Free Fire and High Rise. Okay, cool. Sure. Yeah. I like Free Fire. Wasn't High Rise the one with Joseph Gordon Levitt where he's that uh, tightrope walker? No, that yeah. was that's a Robert Zemeckis movie. Oh, oh Steven. And a bunch mm-hmm. of sexy people and murder things. What did you say, Ryan? Oh, uh, High Rise is the Tom Hiddleston one. Bunch of sexy people doing murder things. Yes. Oh, I, uh, it, but I believe you. Like Brian, Max says, like Brian Cranston asking Burt Reynolds or Sting Hot. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right. So we're all excited about the Meg 2, I'm sure. I'm sure this will be not based on The Trench at all, which is the sequel book. I mean, listen, like, I... Uh, I guess uh, if you get Jason Statham back, he's cool or whatever. Like that first movie's not like the the worst thing ever, but like just uh, I don't care. But after reading after reading the book, I'm very upset it doesn't go that way. That book's real good. It definitely doesn't scare me away from the ocean, unlike Jaws did back in the seventies. It's not meant to be scary. It was supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be fun. Mm. I'm a megalodon. It was all right. Remember Power Rangers, guys? 2017's Power Rangers. I love Power Rangers. I I, I, I always think about it. Yeah, well, it's not getting a sequel. Um, Jonathan, <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Entwistle, which is a great last name, uh, who is the showrunner for the Netflix series I'm Not Okay With This, has been tapped to helm a new connected universe of Power Ranger movies and TV adaptations. He was originally going to be the, the writer of a Paramount film after they got the rights from, uh, after Spawn sold the rights to Hasbro. But now it'll be an interconnected thing. Um, uh, will be a this is the last bit of news on this one. It'll be a completely new universe of Power Ranger stories connected through TV and movies. So it's not connected to anything that has come before. Uh, okay. I was kind of hoping they were gonna do a Force Awakens and somehow like get a bunch of new kids and then get the old cast, like because that's that's just that's what we want. Just make it happen. I guess mm-hmm. this isn't gonna be it. Uh, Ivan. I haven't really heard anything about the I'm not okay with this show. Like uh, I've heard like middling things like good and bad. Yeah. So like I, I can't, and I haven't seen it, so I can't judge. Um, but Hey man, if they, if they believe in this dude enough to give him a whole universe. Yeah, I mean, this could it. be an Alex Kurtzman thing where they believed in him enough and it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have Alex Kurtzman news or was that last week? Uh, that was last week. I think Alex Kurtzman news last week. I don't he was like, he was like, he was hired to write and direct some movie. I don't know if we put it on the news. Oh. This oh, week? Did, did this happen I this week? I didn't see this. Okay, you go to the next news. Let me look it up. I think I'm okay. I, I might be fascinating. Are you talking about Simon Kinberg? Oh yes. <laughs> this is the next thing. <laughs> the same person, you don't know. <laughs> Simon, Simon Simon Kinberg, a writer, director of Dark Phoenix, writer of a lot of the X Men movies and Fantastic Four movies, and he's a Star Wars Rebels. We've talked about him before. He's a he's a famous deflector. If the thing is good, it's his fault. If it's bad, it's not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't you mean the thing is good? It's all him. If it's bad, it's not his fault. That's, that's yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty good. We said, yeah, yeah. I got you. Um, right. So Simon Kinberg has been hired to write and produce the new Battlestar Galactica movie for Universal. Talk about I falling mean, up. I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, do you, Brandon? Do you trust him enough with Battlestar Galactica? Because I know you're. That's your favorite franchise, or one of your favorite. No, that's Stargate. It's one of your favorite things. Why would? Of course, I don't trust him with Battlestar. He's no, he's not smart enough. He's not smart enough to talk to Ron Moore. That's all I need to know. Oh, hold on. Let me show you something cool that I've never shown you. Ooh. Oh, I didn't mean to have him disappear when I took a drink of water. That's going to sound great for the audio listeners that pause. <laughs> um, of the original show. Yeah. And I have this big ass box collection of it. Oh, and yeah. I, I don't even know the sign on there. Yeah, that's the original show. 
Oh yeah. Uh, it's super cheesy, but I just, man, I love it. And that, that I know we both like that uh, sci-fi yeah. show a whole lot. Does that come with Galactica 1980, the sequel show where they're on earth? Oh God. Um, um, no, but it comes with over three hours of deleted and alternate scenes. Wow. Mm. So uh, the Battle Galactic series is really great. Um, both of the both of those shows have been really good. I think uh, mm-hmm. this is a bummer. Whatever. I mean, yeah. I mean, you never know. But this, with the track record like his, like I yeah. Think that, yeah. I was hoping for another good Battlestar Galactica, but you know, I, I still got good Battlestar Galactica. So it's. I mean, the last person attached to it was a, another X Men alum, Brian Singer. Singer you're right. Battlestar alone, huh? Yeah, seriously. Oh, Speaking man. of leaving things alone, the Adams family is coming back again. They're already back with animated films, but they're coming back with a new TV series from Tim Burton himself. He finally did it. Tim Burton finally got an Adams family thing off the ground. Da, 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 da. Tim and Burton TV. is on TV. Yeah. Um, TV too often. He's going to direct to exactly produce the TV series. Um, he's could possibly direct them. He has not decided yet. I wouldn't uh, that, I would be shocked if like he does like the pilot to set the tone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Alfred Goh and Miles Miller, who were the creators of Smallville, uh, are going to serve as the showrunners. Mm-hmm. Um and so far it doesn't have a network, but Netflix seems very interested. That's what the that's what the trades say. I'm actually okay with Tim Burton helming an Adams family thing. If there yeah, wasn't already an Adams family thing out, I'd be more okay with it thing but like i as far as i can tell nobody really likes that animated thing it was fine it was fine yeah but like i you know i don't i don't want to live in a world of fun and mm-hmm. i Tim burton is is more aesthetically the choice than not um i would personally love to see like a did they say it was live, live action they didn't specify but i think it was implied okay i would i would hope so um yeah i the 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 no, no offense to Smallville, but like the like the the CW guys show running it. Like I, I hope it's I hope it's not like 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 CW. I hope I hope it's more like uh, fun. The, the trade said this was the creative Smallville. I'm like, surely they did something since Smallville has been off the air. I forgot it, to look. The the problem is they probably have, but it's not as good as Smallville. Hmm. So I mean, you never know. It's, Alca- um, it's Alcatraz. They did the Alcatraz TV series with Sam Neill. Oh yeah, I remember that show. Good. What is what is no. what is that even about? Season, if, I, if my memory serves. Is it about ghosts? No. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe you watched it. I don't remember. I didn't remember seeing that previous one. I was saying, hey, he did me. that. He did that after the sci-fi miniseries, The Triangle, which I did see, where his where his twin goes back, goes, gets lost in the Bermuda Triangle. I did see that. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't know what the TV show is. Yeah. Well, Brandon, speaking of things coming back, I actually stumbled across this today, and if I may, I'd like to talk about it real quick, if that's all right with you. Do it. And I don't care. All right. Do it. Uh, since I am nostalgia's bitch... Wait, did you, text, did you text Sparks? I did text Sparks, yes. Okay, good. He wanted me to let him know once we're going into trailers. We are... Uh, I told you. I told I, you. <laughs> I told you that's when he wanted to text him. <laughs> Anyways. So, do you guys know anything about a thing called the Atari VCS? Yeah, the the va- no, uh, go ahead. No. So two years VCR-S? ago, R S. No, no, was no. there a VCQ? All right, so V the name VCS was the original name of the first Atari video game console. Look, Ryan got the joke. I appreciate uh, yeah. that. You can. I'll let that fly over your head. <laughs> ben, please tell us about your your retro stuff. I want to hear it. Well, two years ago, it came. The news broke that Atari was coming back into the console market, and then mm-hmm. there was absolutely nothing. 
and finally it, they revealed the new console which is they're calling it the atari vcs and it's well, coming. I, I missed this completely i apologize yeah i actually stumbled uh, i stumbled upon it come today completely by accident by our friends at the grand yeah. Geek gathering thank you guys um you're welcome so, so apparently the new console is going to be is essentially it's a digital only console with the pc interface in it mm-hmm. and it's coming mm-hmm. out in november for a retail price of 389 dollars um it's it no the it's, thing it's, is, it's the biggest the biggest get for this atari console is that it includes every 2600 game ever made or at least most of them i don't know if it includes the licensed games like et because if it can include that okay cool but the thing Doesn't is they bury every version of et they not almost, every not just, every all the ones they, just all the ones they couldn't sell yeah <laughs> and not just et other games that weren't selling as well thanks to the video game crash of 82 or 83, whatever, yeah, 83. But um, the thing is, is that almost, close to $400 for a thing that is, for something that Atari is trying to push, is like, hey, it has the classic Atari games. It's like, and uh, also some other PC things. I, I did some research on it. I watched the videos. People are like, you're selling something that's going to crash and burn the second it comes out. Yeah, there's a new oh, Xbox coming out for $400. Yeah. What's an Xbox? Originally, they're like, Y Cube. Apparently, originally, when they were trying to announce this, they were calling it the Atari box. I appreciate I mean, you, Ryan. Thank you. Uh, I mean, they could have just went like with the Atari 9000 or something, whatever. Like, whatever. They, they could have. I mean, the system itself looks cool. It comes with two controllers. It's like the whole complete bundle comes with a classic uh, Atari controller that's made for modern modern games and the uh, Atari controller that looks exactly like an Xbox controller, yeah. but with a big Atari logo on it. So PlayStation and the latest, and the last camera movie. Yeah, and it's, com- and it's coming out in November with the PS5. This is the- and there's nothing it. coming I up. I don't think this is a winner. No, not even close. No. Not even close. All I, I of these old school All of these old school companies are like they keep trying to come back with like either new hardware or different things, and it's like they're, they all fail. Well, like, there's you guys, sometimes some things just need to stay dead. I'm sorry, Atari, there's, just make software. There's really just no, um, there's no big games that are coming out with it. It's like, hey, you can play all the all the 2600 games. It's like, do you know how many, how easy it is to play a 2600 game? I, I could go to Target right now, or okay, they're close. I could go to Target tomorrow morning, buy the Atari Flashbacks Classics Volume One and Two for ten bucks. Then there's a there's a website that I showed you like months yeah, ago. You and did. I'm- right now it's called retrogames.cz and it has uh thousands and thousands of old school games you can play on your on your pc with a controller without a controller um i don't need to spend 400 dollars to play no, games no. From years ago sorry and, and they're trying to oh they're also trying to market it as like it's a pc thing as well but the specs just aren't the best i don't, I don't I have know. a pc atari all right yeah. um just want to bring it up that atari is like you're doing the same shit you did back in the late 80s that put you in the ground the first time ryan you put this one in here it did. Uh, the Evil Dead Rise, which is the next Evil Dead movie, um, was uh, directed by Lee Cronin. Yeah. Um, got some new details. Um, supposedly, the the film will take place in a high rise in the city and will feature a female heroine. Uh, uh, he has yeah, a... so... Okay, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say I was going. He has a quote here that says, "I'm confident I'm going to do something that's uh, both familiar and refreshing. I'm gonna I'm gonna deliver a roller coaster of horror." That's what the goal is here. Relentless, not stopping to explain too much. It needs to be extremely visceral, highly entertaining, properly scary, 
to push boundaries, that's important as well. So. Yeah, I uh, I immediately uh, thought of because um, they talk about a high rise going up. I immediately thought of uh, quarantine slash wreck. Uh, I should have said wreck first because quarantine is a shot by shot American remake of a Spanish movie, and and um, the raid and dread, which are both movies about escalating action going up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just a dope premise in general. Um, one of my favorite issues of Moon Knight is literally about going up a haunted place that keeps going up and up and up. But, I remember um, that. I remember that issue. I read, I read that one. Just the uh, the idea of of instead of the terror, you know, you're you're trapped in a cabin and everything's around you. What if the horror just keeps getting worse and worse the more you go up? And I think mm-hmm. that's just a really dope idea. And um, uh, I'm not familiar with this guy's work, but um, I I Bruce Campbell is the person who announced this. So like I yeah. I don't think he's in it. But um, uh, I sure I'm sure Sam Raimi will be an executive producer or whatever. He, but, uh, both he and Raimi are executive producers. Campbell and that makes Raimi. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I I I'm a big fan of the Evil Dead franchise. I know I, I think you are, Brandon. I know Sparks yeah. is. Um, yeah. I just I would love to see that franchise continue in a new interesting way. I think uh, Campbell has said goodbye to the character since Ash vs. the Evil Dead, the TV series. You mean uh, since Dead by Daylight? Uh. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Um, I always wanted to see him team up with the girl from the remake. They even they teased it, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's too bad. All right, Fast and the Furious is ending with eleven movies. <laughs> that's the next bit of news. And I already uh, got it. I already got they already figured out what the final movie is gonna be called. It's gonna be Fast X Furious, because when you uncross the X, it's eleven. And you can, Fast X is not ten. It's oh, Fast X right. Furious. Also like Hunter X Hunter, the anime. That's why Hold on. Fast X by the way, I think they're going to call it Fast X, the the tenth film. I, I want them that. to call it. I want them to call it Fast Ten. Your seatbelts. Yeah, that's, that's the right thing to do. Um, what's Fast Nine called again? F Nine. Okay. Hey, what if they just call it FX? I think. So. Man, what if they do that? <laughs> Got it. But the, the main stories, the, the Dominic story. Toretto, the Dominic Toretto and and friends story. We'll be ending with, with uh, the eleventh movie. Uh, so this is the confirm. This is the first like major confirmation that the eleventh movie is happening. Um, and then uh, I'm sure the Hobbs and Shaw thing is still going to keep going. Yeah, they said this is ending the core series, and yeah. then we're going to have the anime, and then the Hobbs and Shaws, and the whatever else's, and the Bing Bongs. Probably should have left that series about seven. I'm kind of considering right now. Say that. Hold on. Say that again. I'm kind of considering. I'm kind of thinking, like maybe I should have bounced off after seven. Uh, no, I I still think those movies are exactly the amount of fun that they should be. Like they're not. Well, seven was the last one with Brian. Uh, yeah, and true. and I've I've said that I've said this about eight and a little bit with seven, but like definitely with eight, like the kind of like it kind of it kind of loses the heart for me mm-hmm. without Brian. Um, but whatever, they're fun action movies. Anyway. Speaking of fun action movies, Barney, guys, Barney is coming back. My favorite. I I had a birthday party. A, a four at four years old. I had a Barney birthday party. They the, yeah. that whole crew came to my apartment. Hell yeah, Barney is coming back with Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, he's the you know I remember he's a get get out dude, Black Panther dude. He's in those. Um, he's going to produce a new live action film. He had this quote which I thought was interesting, uh, and it's just this quote that I that I pulled out. Barney taught us, I love you, you love me, won't you say you love me too? That's one of the first songs I remember. And what happens when that isn't true? Yeah. Hell yeah. That, that got awesome. heavy. You, you get the ice cream, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah. Uh, I, I, I find it 
this I find it not believable that Barney Company will allow them to make a a rated R like killer Barney movie, uh, <laughs> like um like that uh, Hanna Barbera movie that came out that was just the 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 bears one. The bears one. You remember oh, they, they, like, play, they play bears. Oh, and... oh Fred, Five Nights at Freddy's. That no, thing? not that one. That movie hasn't oh, happened yet. Yes, it has. Five Nights at I... Freddy's. No, not the Five Nights. I'm not talking about Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> I'm not sure what you're talking about, Brandon. Sorry. Okay, uh, hold on. The only Hanna Barbera bear. Talk I know about of. Barbie. Talk about talk about talk about Barbie. Oh, bears being bears. The country no, time not bears. A real thing. The country time bears. Killer bear movie. Hannah. Are you talking about the country Bar. bears from Disney? No. There's a killer. Oh, that's bear. just Yogi Bear killing people. I don't want that. is Yogi Bear. No. I just hope it's not like. It's like, oh, it's gonna be called Blarney. I just, I really hope it's actually Barney. I want it to be real ass purple Barney, and he's just like, no, I'm murdering fools. Give me that lightsaber, Anakin. Uh, there it is. The banana splits. The banana splits. That's the one. I don't know what that is. It's a well, it's an old Hanna Barbera thing about these these like they put the band this band. Okay. The banana split game. Thanks, Mag. Yeah, I'm not crazy. Um, Are they wearing like, like goofy hats? Yeah, they're like it's like costumes, and they. Uh, but when they adapted it for a movie, they made it into a horror movie. Oh hell yeah! I want to watch that then. Yeah, yeah, I'm into. I'm into this. I'm very into this. I don't think this is gonna be a horror movie, but I do think it's gonna be a drama. Yeah, I would much well, prefer probably, it. Be a <laughs> probably about about Barney's impact on the black community. Oh man! As much as like that would be like beautiful and like poetic, I really hope it's like a Jordan Peele produced horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was, expecting, I was expecting like the dude who played Barney became a serial killer and killed people while wearing said Barney suit. Exactly that too, or he's possessed and like Cthulhu is like using him as like as like a bot. Like any of it. You could do any of it. I want it all. Just make well, it. Or you they get the T-Rex from Jurassic Park painted purple with green polka dots and just let it loose in the just have that thing running through the streets. <laughs> it's it's a, it was like, and they and they made the dinosaur Barney. <laughs> Right, anyway, The Bride. Um, this is actually just called Bride. Sorry, uh, I forgot about this. This is Bride. A, uh, a new adaptation of The Bride of Frankenstein. Um, coming from Sebastian Lelio, uh, who, wrote, who wrote and directed the remake of his own movie that he wrote and directed, called Gloria Bell, that was with um girl who plays Clary Starling in Hannibal. Not Jodie Foster. Julianne Moore. Oh, um, Julianne Moore. And uh, you know, you know what how that feels when you're thinking of like an actor and you know them from a famous thing, but the only thing that comes to your mind is the obscure thing, and nobody can guess who the actor is because they don't know if they're in that movie. Yes, but I but I know Hannibal and Julianne more. Yeah, Hannibal and Julianne. That's the book sequel. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, and then Disobedience, which is the lesbian Jewish movie uh, with Rachel Weisz and um, mm. yeah. no. I'm not gonna. That's oh, Rachel McAdams. That is the movie with the spit. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't care for that movie that much. I liked Gloria Bell though. Anyway, Scarlett Johansson is going to executive produce and star in this uh, gender bend, this genre bending film from A24 and Apple. So this would be an Apple TV Plus original. Mm. Ooh, but you said A24 too. A24. That's like a that's like a, basically a seal of quality. Yeah, uh, the the plot follows a woman created to be an ideal wife, the singular obsession of a brilliant entrepreneur. When she rejects her creator, she's forced to flee 
her confined existence, uh, confronting a world that sees her as a monster. Uh, it is on the run that she finds her true identity, her surprising power, and the strength to remake herself as her own creation. Sounds dope. That sounds dope yeah. as hell. I still want that Bride of Frankenstein remake from Bill Condon in the Dark Universe. Anyway. Yeah, it's, that's, that's as dead as Tom Cruise is yelling the mummy. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Someone said, someone said on on Instagram, on Twitter, Facebook. That's the one. Whatever. Um, <laughs> what, listen to my podcast where I talk about how Tom Cruise uh, destroyed the Dark Universe. I was like, it wasn't Cruise. It was Kurtzman. Kurtzman yeah, changed no. the Dark Universe. No, Tom Cruise uh, gives a hundred percent everything he does. Like that yeah. is that is not his fault in that movie. I'm going to bet that Kurtzman was one who said, "Hey, yell like this in that scene." <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see Mark Wahlberg's mustache? I sent you a picture. Yeah, I saw I Mark Wahlberg's mustache. It looked good. <laughs> so, so, it looks dumb. It, 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 it looks like a cat <laughs> What were you going to say, Ryan? Dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> right, anyway. Um, yeah, so Mark Wahlberg was like, hey, shut up about the mustache. Sully's got a mustache. I'm like, the mustache isn't the problem with your casting, buddy. Yeah, sorry. When I think of Grizzled, I definitely think of Marky Mark. Oh, I'm trying to find someone. This is Uncharted over here? I'm like, get out, get out well, here. Well, I'll be a, well, I'll be a son of a bitch. What is Sully's uh, line? Uh, we'll all be, yeah. we'll all be goddamned. Well, I'll be goddamned. I don't, yeah, I'll be a son of a bitch. Man, I yeah. have all the Uncharted games on my hey. PS4. I'm gonna play those. They're good. Hey. Uh, hey, Nate, what's this voice I'm doing? I don't know. <laughs> when I'm high, I can't do impressions. Hey, Nate. <laughs> hey, Nate. Jesus. Like you're on the... what, dude, when you get high, you open up like the green door, but it's a green door to the hill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Holy shit. All right. Anyway, <laughs> sound like Kermit doing a Mark Wahlberg impression. Anyway. Oh, uh, <laughs> Warped is a new Nickelodeon sitcom coming. Not sitcom. Uh, probably a sitcom. Um, uh, it's going to be live action uh, from Kevin Koplow and Heath Seifert. <clears throat> Follows a character named Milo, who is the manager at a popular comic book store, not to mention the shop's head geek. However, Milo's world gets turned upside down when his boss hires a new employee named Ruby, who is described as loud and excitable. While the two are very different, they team up to create the next great superhero franchise. Guys, seen the Big Bang? The Big Bang Theory? Yep. No. Parts I'm a little worried. This kind of sounds okay, but I'm a little worried it's that. See, yeah, like the I've never okay, so. I feel that since they're, it's taking place in a comic shop and this is Nickelodeon, they're going to lay off some of the jokes that Big Bang Theory kind of drove into the ground. I've always said the, the problem with Big Bang Theory is that it got mean towards the end of the series. Yeah. The end of the series. Um, it, it started to be mean to its audience. And yeah. I don't like that. I hope that's not this because this could be fun. Yeah, yeah, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know many shows, especially kid shows that like I that are like comic book featured. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it sounds dope. Like, I'm, I hope it isn't like, yeah, like one of the things where like it makes fun of nerds. It doesn't make fun with nerds. Yeah. I want to do that. I want, I want to, yeah. I want to have good jokes, not oh, D&D's funny, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. There was yeah. a, there was a, I had a debate about the Big Bang Theory with Zara's parents. That was awful. Oh, they love it, don't they? 
Well, one of the things that they said to me, I hope they're not listening to this. Uh, one of the things that they said is that they can't understand why I said that I have a hard time connecting. With, I have a hard time liking a show if I don't connect to the characters. And they thought that was such a foreign idea of like connecting to characters and seeing yourself in characters and like things like that. I'm like, no, but that's how you, that's, that's how you that's get an emotional reaction. What are about. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, a whole other topic. We watch to be entertained and I'm like, yeah, I do too. But like, I can connect to them on some level. I guess, you know, there's just a disconnect where it's like, uh, like you, it's a movie and that's all it's a movie I'm like okay. and then they started making fun of me because i was like yeah i find captain kirk a relatable character because captain kirk's a human character and they're like oh yeah you go get on your spaceship like that's not what i'm talking about yeah that they, that's that's just a different thing of people just uh, people in art yeah yeah all right text sparks all right, all right trailer. immortals phoenix rising had a story trailer uh so we know what the, what it's about uh, Phoenix is the character that you create, uh, has to go save the gods, put the, bring the gods back their essence. And this trailer is being um, narrated by Prometheus t- talking to Zeus. Yeah, a very, very wacky, fun yeah. narration. Um, they've also uh, released the first 20 minutes of the game. Um, yeah. Like every video game plays, like I didn't watch all of it, but I watched I watched like the first like five minutes. Um, it, yeah, man, that still looks really good. Looks like Breath of the Wild and Assassin's Creed put together. Um, yeah. I want to I wanna ride griffins, and I want to beat up monsters, and I love big boss battles. Looks Fat like- Medusa. Oh. Yeah, oh yeah, I love Fat Medusa. I love it. Yeah, it looks fun. You Marvel. Ben? You want to play this game? I want to play it. I actually, one of the things of the trailer I liked was the back and forth between uh, Zeus and Perseus. And it, looks, very end. it sounds really wacky. Yeah, especially at the very end when Zeus is like, well, how does it end? He's like, you have to find out. I was like, dude, video games are going to be cre- created for another 2011 years. Come on, yeah, that's what now. Uh, I don't know if this is true, but it certainly sounds like they have an entire Greek voice cast. Yeah, I was really digging. I was like, oh my god, these are all sound like Mediterraneans. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm a Greek people. Um, no, I'm saying that's awesome that they've got they hired an entire Mediterranean voice cast. Awesome. I don't know if that is true uh, or is. if people are doing voices, but if it is, that's cool. It sounded yeah. like it. Right. Uh, Marvel Realm of Champions. Ryan, you wanted this one on here. I can yeah, see just, why. Um, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, man, one, Marvel's cool, obviously, but, uh, I love multiverse shit, um, this is their next mobile game, um, most of the Marvel mobile games are, are, they're all mobile games the same, right, you can play, you play for free, and you spend money, uh, you play for a long time until you start have to spend money, or you can't really progress, that's how all games are, but, like, all the Marvel games I've played for the first, you know, 50, 100 hours as you just play, like, a little bit every day, I've really, really enjoyed, and this one, um, Looks to be more more fun, more more combat from what I've read uh, read about it. Um, you like choose what kind of faction, and there's like a lot of it's multiverse. The, it's Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. It's Secret Wars. Yeah, and they even say like yeah. we're gonna have to have a Secret War and blah blah blah. And I'm like, you got me. You got I like me the. I, I really. I've always liked the CGI trailers for these mobile games. I think they look really cool because they have really cool uh, designs for the characters. Uh, yes. And this one, they get to have a lot of fun. We go to Battle World, which is what we do in Secret Wars. Um, yeah. But Madam Web is definitely Gwen Stacy. Yeah, it definitely looks like it. Um yeah. and and these are all um they seem to be original characters. Um yeah. I, unless there's a version of Madam Web Gwen Stacy that I don't know about. I haven't seen her. Um but yeah. the costume looked really cool. Uh I'm a look, I'm a sucker for like I don't even want like a sweater. Just like give me a hood. Mm-hmm. Just a stupid hood on that doesn't connect to anything. I love it. 
Okay. Why does Spider Gwen have a hood? She shouldn't have a hood. She doesn't need a hood. But I love yeah, it. Yeah, that metal yeah. would look is really sick. I really like the the Doctor Strange Cyclops looking with look. the eye, with the eye eye of Agamotto as his um, eye. Wolverine. And again, the uh, they get great, great voice actors like Nolan North always plays Deadpool, and then uh, uh, Steve Bloom is Wolverine. He's Wolverine. the best. God, and I love the the adamantium on his on his skin with the swords. Yeah. Um, what's um, a Shuri? Shuri is Black Panther, but yeah. Jane Foster is Thor. Yeah, and um, Captain uh, uh, who is it? Peggy. President Rogers is Peggy mm-hmm. with an eye patch. It's just lots of fun multiverse stuff. The game does not look like this. Obviously, none of these games do, but um, no. they do put a lot of effort into their ads, and it's it's a nice three minute. Hey, look. Marvel stuff. That so you like, got yeah. Apocalypse showing up as like in his in some Pharaoh regalia, which looked awesome. <laughs> that looked really cool. Yeah. Anything about Apocalypse? Like, yeah. Okay. Cool. No. Quick side tangent. You know what this reminded me of a little bit? Contest that, of uh, that Disney game that's coming out called Is it Mirrorverse? Yeah, yes. Mirrorverse. Yeah. All the different redesigns of classic Disney characters. Yo, I might actually want to play Mirrorverse because that look, those designs like with Sully and Maleficent and Rapunzel. They look pretty freaking cool. Yeah, also got like power armor. Yeah, like these games actually look very similar. I wouldn't be shocked if they're made like in tandem, basically. Yeah. Um. Okay. I'm sorry. Christmas in the Square. Yeah, this one's for you, Brandon. It yeah. is for me. This is Dolly Parton's Netflix musical with Christine Baranski. I'm not uh, against this... Dolly, uh, but it, this... I didn't. Oh, it's another Scrooge thing. We we we're not going to talk about it, but the prom also had a trailer the same day, which is the new James Corden Meryl Streep musical with Nicole Kidman. The one that Ryan tweeted about, which there's I'm a going... bad musical. James Corden's in it. <laughs> That's Listen, Corden. I won't tweet it if it's not true, James. So okay, the one thing I'll get the one exception to that is Into the Woods because I really liked Into the Woods. I think Into the Woods is pretty good, and James Corden's in Into the Woods, so he doesn't always pick bad musicals. I'm surprised because I saw I saw it live, but it, that one's fine. That's a fine okay. musical. Okay. Uh, yeah, the only live performance I saw was at my college, so you can imagine. Yeah, I saw that. I saw the live performance of Into the Woods at, at school too. I think we went to the same one, Ben. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did, didn't we? We oh, did. <laughs> um, Mag says Uncle Scrooge best Scrooge. Yes, Uncle Scrooge is the best Scrooge, except my Batman Scrooge pop. Anyway, um, so yeah, this is Christian Baranski's Scrooge story. It's a new musical. Dolly Parton wrote all the music for it. Uh, yeah, whatever. I'll watch it. I like stupid Christmas movies. That's all I got left. Uh, Dolly Parton is a is a true American icon and national treasure. She's a beautiful person inside and out. Um, I like. It's not. I have nothing against this. It's just definitely not yeah, for me. Definitely. Um, it, it looks like it's like oh, Christmas musical where someone who's mean finds the meaning of Christmas and finds her in Maddie. That's neat. But as a right. musical, as I've you know, what's like, not a do you know what's not a Christmas musical coming out at the same time? Christmas uh, Chronicles too. Ben, I have a thing. I have a whole thing worked out. You asked a question, I answered it. Mm-hmm. But you're supposed to play along and say, no, what? And I say, no, the Christmas what? Chronicles Part 2. <laughs> oh, okay. is that the sequel of the Christmas Chronicles 1? Yes. Cool. Uh, both the Dolly Parton and and uh, Christy Baranski are American icons, which historian says that. Yes, they are. Christy Baranski does criminally, uh, criminally does not do enough musicals because she's a great mm-hmm. singer. Chicago, Mamma Mia. Anyway, oh, okay. I know her from Mamma Mia. She was in Chicago. She's the reporter. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Christmas Chronicles two. Still, uh, it's Goldie Hawn this time coming back, uh, reprising a role, short-lived role as Mrs. Claus, and uh, Kurt Russell as a uh, Santa Claus with a beautiful, beautiful beard, big bushy beard, 
beautiful white hair. He does some jazz in this. It's the kid from Deadpool 2 and Hunt for the Wilder People. That poor kid. He, he's like, I'm a Deadpool 2 and I'm a bad guy. Now I'm in this and I'm a bad guy. I'm stealing the star of Christmas. It looks. Uh, this looks cute. This looks cute. Yeah, I think the first one is, is pretty cute. Uh, it They are sold on Kurt Russell 100%. Like, if he's not in this movie, the movie doesn't work. Yeah. Um, he's a lot of fun as Santa Claus, and he's clearly having a blast. I mean, he's hanging out with his wife. Like, I'm sure that's that's just the, the most fun. Yeah. But he's not he's not in the first one. Kurt Russell's Hawn, not. No, Goldie Hawn isn't in the first one. Oh, yeah, I gotcha. Uh, she shows up at the end of that movie. Now Spoiler. he gets to hang out with his wife and have fun. Yeah. Uh, looks looks cute. I want to see it. Yeah. Uh, Creep show. We're not watching Creep show, but I thought this looked this was interesting because uh, Ben, I'm sure you would have a lot to say about this. That um, the Creep show, Creep show is getting an animated special on Shutter uh, with animated stories by uh, Stephen King, your best friend, and Joe Hill, uh, the person you're jealous of. Both man, that's that's the king. That's the king combo, as we call it. Yeah. So father and son reunited. Oh, I almost said something really bad. Never mind. <laughs> Um, no. <laughs> uh so I I can't tell if 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 this is what the animation looks like. It kind of looks like a motion comic. It doesn't look like it doesn't look like an like a traditional animated show. Um which is not a bad thing, you know, Shudder is a, a it's a niche small horror horror service. Yeah. Um but like most motion comics like they're not they're not the greatest thing to look at. So like if you're presenting this as an animated show and it doesn't kind of look like an animated show, I think some people might be turned off. Yeah. Uh could still be good though. It's got Kiefer Sutherland in it. He's gonna be a voice in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a thing about Shutter. I have totally forgot. Creepshow was it? I don't Creepshow. remember. People seem to like that show. I haven't watched it. Emma, yeah. Get, get, Brian, Emma. I just saw Emma's tail at the corner of my eye, and I'm like, "What the hell is that?" It's uh, me. Do you want to? Do you want to come in? Shake your head, yes or no? <laughs> Okay. We know he's here now. There he is. Sparks. Hi guys. Hey. Party. Yeah. I I heard uh I heard some Stephen King Joe Hill talk and nobody made a King of the Hill joke and I I had to step in. Um, <laughs> Were you the fourth person watching? I'm sure I was. Um <laughs> yeah, only in these last like couple moments. I, I know you guys got to do a lot of news without me. I'm sure there was some some fun stuff, some Leto downs. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I miss you. You're, yeah. you're just in time to talk about uh, the Mandalorian uh, special special look. Special look, guys! Everyone was so excited. What's gonna? What are they gonna show us? The Mandalorian. Yeah. This is the Mandalorian. What did they show us? <laughs> the Mandalorian. It's trailer. It looks. It looks like more of that show. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. Yeah. Let me watch it. There was, but there was so much hype around it. Was really funny watching the hype around it. Like, oh my god, they wouldn't do this unless they were going to show. They're going to show us Ahsoka. They're going to show us Speed. Like, no, there's nothing. It was the thirty seconds. Nothing. Yeah, of like right. articles uh, were like, is this the trailer where we see Sabine? Five reasons Sabine's going to be in this trailer. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's clickbait if I ever heard of it. Did you yeah. see the? Did you see the the thing I posted today? CBR had a thing like. WandaVision would be the perfect place to introduce the X-Men. And I just posted a gif of Sylvester banging his head on the on the thing. Just like, <laughs> stop with this bullshit. <laughs> just be glad, like, just be glad that we don't do that. That we're not yeah. a... Because I, I know my soul couldn't handle it. If I had to be a, like, 300 clickbait articles a week. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think there's a reason why I, got, why I didn't get hired with them. Anyway, um, this looked really... So the rest are actually mostly Netflix stuff. Um, uh, Auntie Donna's Big House of Fun. I hope you guys watched the trailer for this one. I did. Yeah. This looks hilarious. Um, yes. This looks so good. Yeah, it's uh, it's like it's a sketch comedy group, and they're they were given a movie, and it looks like the movie is them trying to make a movie, and they're failing at it. Yeah, uh, it looks it looks. I don't know anything about these guys, but like I'm gonna look them up. Uh, they are an, they are an Australian uh, uh, group. They they do live shows. They they do some podcasts. They're really funny. I've listened to a couple <laughs> of their stuff. Um, but this is so when the when the word bubble is like it's okay, man. It's like, well, Jesus Christ, what yeah. the hell? Is that? Yeah, <laughs> I was well, like, I actually, and also when they're doing the um, like the special guests, they're like like they're just like jumping through a whole bunch of people, like Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> but the purple puppet you see for a hot second, I know that puppet. That's the um, Australian comedian known as Randy Feltface that I mentioned to you, oh, a while, you guys. A oh while yeah, ago. yeah. He, I've what I've listened to the specials a few times, and I'm actually like, I know that dude. Yeah, that's funny. Well, yeah, I uh, I'm really excited. Like, why why is kids you know feels like this seems like good good comedy. Yeah, yeah, I I like the look of it. Yeah, yeah, I I want to watch it. It looks the Queen of England is clearly not the Queen the Queen of England. Oh, isn't she from Doctor Who? Oh, is that is that Martha from Doctor Who? I don't think so. Oh, I, could, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, Ed Helms is producing this, and he's also in it. Yeah. Uh, we need to go back on the rails because it's off the rail. <laughs> like the, I like the opening joke when they're just like, "Dude, are you, are you okay? You're really low res." It's like, "Yeah, I've got bad internet on my house," and it's like, "You think it's gonna end soon?" Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he freezes and he's like, <laughs> "Right." Anyway, uh, it's the Animaniacs got a proper trailer. Mm-hmm. What can oh, we really okay. expect? From Hulu's revival of the Animaniacs, it looks it looks like Animaniacs. It, it yep. looks like Animaniacs with a lot of um, jokes that oh well we missed in the past twenty some years, but some of the stuff that I did see from this trailer actually got me really excited for it. I really want to see the sketch. I do like some of the jokes. Some of the jokes yeah. here. I, I really am looking forward to the sketch where they're animeized. Yeah, yeah that's like exactly. I was like, ooh. I want to know how you guys read this one because I actually really like the joke. It's like. Turn on the black light. Oh, the rave. Nothing wrong here. I really like that joke. I do too. I thought for the most part this was funny. Um, I honestly, of all the animaniacs, like I was a huge Pinky and the Brain fan because it's like you know, a couple dudes want to take over the earth and like they're still trying to do that and like you know it's 2020s now we're catfishing. I'm like, yeah, seems in line. Um, I'm sure it's gonna be a lot funnier watching it in context. And stuff. Well, it was it, it was it was low hanging fruit, but I did chuckle at that. I'm just keep getting cat catfish. It's just a catfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still kind of for kids, right? Like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I kind of like how um how the war how Yakko Lock are trying to talk and then uh, Dot's supposed to try to say something and then she just like bonks him on the head. It's like Oh, because it's like it's gotta be something we gotta we gotta we gotta be careful what our first words are gonna be with the new season. Our first, our first lines. Our first lines. Yeah. It looks good. I'm excited. Yeah. Also I love the opening where they're all wearing Hulu stuff and they're like, here's your check, you sellouts. Yeah. Uh not afraid to punch themselves in the face. Mink. This new trailer I'm I'm super stoked for this because like I I really really like old school black and white period movies like I, when they're like like the artists and this like yeah. uh, there's a Coen's brothers Coen brothers movie with Billy Bob Thornton 
the man the man who lives in the shadows or something i just i really love a good black and white movie um it's it's star-studded it's about an interesting time in hollywood um i don't know the story of of the creation of of uh uh rosebud i was citizen kane thank you it's the writer of citizen kane and like in uh mankiewicz going crazy writing this movie um yeah I, i'm into it and yeah, i will just watch a gary Oldman movie like today so i'm like just jones and for more old men yeah this i was jones and for more old man old men gary old man yeah mm. That joke would have been better if I nailed that. It's okay. <laughs> no, I was interested before. I'm 100% interested now. I can't wait for to watch this. I would, I'm probably going to watch it the opening weekend because this looks really interesting. I can't wait to see it. It's going to select theaters. <laughs> By the way, so is Christmas Chronicle. Christmas Chronicle is going to, to select select theaters. That's hey awesome. Guys, hey guys, drive-ins are still an option. They are. Yes. They are. Um, okay. Um, Chadwick Boseman's final film, oh. Ma Rainey Rainey's Black Bottom. Uh, this now is th- this is this seems like it's final film, but I want to say he does have two projects uh, on IMDb listed as not out yet. Uh, I don't know if he got a chance to film those, especially the 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 movie where he's the the samurai. But so he could have another movie coming that we just don't know yeah. about yet. Yeah. Hmm. Um. This is based on a true story because I looked it up because I didn't know anything about her. But uh, Ma Rainey is like is like the queen of jazz, like mm-hmm. in the, like the twenties, thirties, and stuff, and like the struggles that she went through. And um, I think Chadwick Boseman's character is made up, but um, uh, uh, Viola Davis—that's a real character, not Viola Davis, the actress. Ma Rainey. Um, but yeah, this looks like this looks dope as hell. Uh, it is <laughs> it is unfortunate when you see an actor who's passed in movies unreleased. It's always weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Looks good. Looks good, though. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Is this Netflix? Yeah, this is Netflix. Yeah. Um, and then we finally got a first look at, Ray- at Raya and the Last Dragon. Um, I think this looks pretty good. I thought this looked awesome, you guys. Let's go. Uh, it's, it was really interesting because they showed none, like maybe a shot from what they showed at D23. Really? So, like, tip of the iceberg. I can tell. Exci- tip of the iceberg. I, ever since you told us about your D twenty three trip, where you saw this, I've been really excited for it. Um, yeah, yeah I, I I'm really stoked for this. Can't wait. Yeah, I think the music specifically was really really good. Yeah, um, me too. Uh, I I'm very very excited whenever this eventually comes out. Got a cute little little armadillo mole. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So is the giant armadillo? Is that so? It grew armadillo, up. So yes. Is is that? Is, a, is this a time jump thing where we're going to see her get older or does he have the ability to transform? Well, I think what we saw in the beginning is a prelude to the film. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah it's really- it's going to grow up. Yeah. Okay. Like, she said that she was like supposed, she was trained to become the guardian of the Dragonstone. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking that with her finding that mask dude, I'm guessing the dude, the mask is her dad. With, and uh, after she beats him or proves her worth, then she becomes the guardian, and now something's going on. She has to find the dragon to save the world. Yes, yeah, probably. I don't know. Um, I mean, that's it. it. I'm looking forward to it. it. The fight scene looked really good. So yeah. animation looks great as always. All right, that's it then. No more trailers. Wow, that took us an hour too. Yeah, no more trailers. We're done. Uh, spoiler alert for the original Candyman, 1992's The Candyman. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, we're gonna spoil it. I'll watch it. Um, this is my first time watching this movie. Uh, me too. Mine too. I mean, Sparks, have you seen it? 
Yes. Okay, so Sparks, you've seen it before. The three of us have not. I didn't know what to expect because of that. I was yeah. a little surprised by what I saw. I, uh, uh, being a horror fan, uh, much like with popular movies, like a lot of the cultural osmosis of like, I've watched a lot of scenes from it, but like, again, I've never seen it in order. Um, but there are certain aspects of the movie I didn't know about that I really, really loved. Yeah. I'm going to give my thoughts right now. I liked, I liked this movie a lot. I liked it more than I thought. I thought it was going to be a, like, uh, a move, maybe a nineties movie that doesn't hold up as well, but I actually think it holds up very well. Yeah, I think so too. I only had an issue with, uh, I don't think it's made extremely clear why Candyman just doesn't kill Helen right away. Um, cause in the movie, she's the only one who says Candyman five times in the mirror and doesn't immediately die. Right. I can, I can, give you a maybe story reason when we get there but like that's it's not a good one but yeah right. I, I that's a, if i had a negative because i did also really like this movie um it's not made extremely clear why why she's the only one who's immune to the if i say it five times in the mirror i die <laughs> exactly it's plot armor also I, spo- spoilers so you know here's the end of the movie I think it's really funny that she becomes the new Candyman at the end. Which you say Helen five times in the mirror and she comes and kills you. <laughs> Gotta be honest. Yeah. Uh, the killing itself is scary, but just saying Helen, not as scary. <laughs> not as scary as Candyman. It's not as creepy as saying, like, saying Candyman, but I do like how she got her revenge on her husband in a way. Because yeah, really I kind of called it that the husband was cheating on his wife. Like the second we see Stacy and she turns oh, yeah, that's not. I was like, that oh, is not. Know. That is that is not hard to figure out. No, no, that's definitely not hard to figure out. Uh, I I really enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> no, she I, so Helen shows up in the apartment and she just immediately starts crying. The the girl, I'm just like, mm-hmm. why are you crying all of a sudden? Eh, I'm, she, yeah, she's just uh, like, get out of my house. <laughs> uh, my, my, I I actually I had a good time. I didn't find this movie to be like super scary i don't know probably because i like pre- oh it's pretty much a mood piece right yeah I, I feel now there were some parts that were creepy but it, this isn't a slide in the film but i felt that things were gonna happen i was like oh i know what's gonna happen next this is oh she's gonna be framed for murder oh there she, there it is i i could see like i was i felt like i was two steps ahead of the movie but as even as it went to the the path that was i saw i did see I still enjoyed it. I still how things transpired. Did yeah? Did you feel like you were two steps ahead of the movie the whole time? Because I have a hard time uh, not, not imagining you believing, like, oh, she sees him now in the parking garage. In a moment, she's gonna wake up covered in blood in that one girl's apartment <laughs> with a, t- a no. summer dog head and no, the baby no. missing. Okay, like when she's in the apartment, she I like when she wakes up in the apartment, they oh she's gonna get framed for murder. Sure, and then and or when but the, oh man of- oh man i don't know i don't know where my head was at then because when i saw that happen i was like is she like dead and now she has to go through the rest of the movie in the afterlife like what's happening <laughs> no but one of the things that i did like that did throw me that did throw me off was when she's in the the doctor's office and she looks in the mirror because i was expecting nothing to happen but then when the doctor gets stabbed it's like oh so this Tony is Todd. Tony Todd is so good in this movie. Um, when he's in the when he's in the parking lot, he's got such a cool presence in that moment. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, I do really like Helen's response though when he when he just goes Helen and she just goes yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like Helen, where are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny, but yeah, I think Tony Todd's incredible in this movie. Yeah, 
He yeah. he does have a presence, and I love it. What about you, Sparks? Uh, yeah, I I really like this movie a lot, and most of the reason is because of both like atmospheric setting and Tony Todd. I'm not, I was never a big fan, and I'm still not a big fan of Helen. Um, and it's not just the actress. I don't really like the character a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't. She's not someone who I feel really, really bad for uh, most of the time outside of a like, man, it sure sucks that like that folklore thing you summoned is now putting you uh, in a room where you look like yeah. a murderer. I guess that sucks. Oh, and your husband's cheating on you, too. But like I... she's she's so uh, and you know what? It This is the part of the movie that really doesn't age well. She is so insensitive about where she's going when she's investigating the culture she's entering into the history she's entering into that like you're kind of like yeah i mean a lot of white privilege going in there i kind of feel like you had it coming mm-hmm. yes um i will say i one aspect uh i 100 agree uh, uh with that i think the, the the thing about it is though she she is going out there to discredit uh, uh black harm and black and things mm-hmm. that happen to black people so yeah. whether it it's Candyman or or oppression or systemic racism, whatever. She's out there to say, oh, it's this. Let me explain to you why this didn't happen to you. So while uh, I I don't I don't even she is obviously the main character and the protagonist, but in a way she is kind of an antagonist to all of these people who are getting murdered by the spirit because she's there to say, yo, this spirit isn't real. Let me show you. And that's so, kind of messed um, up. So I think like uh, the the most prominent things that have like really aged poorly about Candyman, a lot of people pointed out is that like. You're exactly right, and that is a cool thing about like what her character is trying to do. The execution of it is not great, uh, both yeah. on the part of like the way Helen behaves about in doing it is not good, but also that um, Helen is there to like the old, the reason why she isn't killed by Candyman is to perpetuate the fact that Helen is the same woman that he fell in love with when he was killed. Yeah. Uh, that that he she is still after that same white woman. And the thing mm-hmm. is that, like, why people don't like that so much is because it makes it still about, even though they're creating a black horror icon and they are kind of bringing attention to, like, racist oppression causing, like, the systems where they are in gangs or kill each other. And that's, like, something the movie's trying to touch on. At the same time, this is still a white team making this movie. And yeah. it's still perpetuating the same systematic idea of black monster attacks white woman that Mm -hmm. king kong did and that's that's why like it doesn't age so well and especially like it all still turning out to actually have always been about helen is the other part that just makes that you know like why can't Candyman be a thing in his own right um i i i agree like i i almost wish that the whole um like his origin is fine, like or whatever. But like, I wish the, yeah. the Helen aspect of it was gone because the idea of this lady trying to disprove you, so you use her to help murder other people. I like that idea a lot. But yeah, all the stuff with him, like, oh, actually, I'm using you because I'm actually in love with you, and you're gonna be mine. And like, that kind of negates all the stuff that it was building yeah. up to. Yeah. I, when, I, uh, when um, he has a he has a baby uh, that he stole and is leveraging against Helen. Uh, mm-hmm. Interestingly mm-hmm. enough, uh, Yaya yeah, 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 Abdul. Martin, mm-hmm. the, third, yeah, the third, he is playing that baby. Right. Yeah. Uh, if you look the at the, movie. if you look at the the credits, they have the same last names. Yep. Yeah. I think that's cool. That I is very cool. That is very um, cool. 
Which makes me yeah. wonder, is Virginia Madsen going to be in the new movie? No, God, no. No. Um, it, I think that there's a just a really valid, like, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with, like, him having this. I like the angle of Candyman where he's like, I'm going to take you, I'm going to take you and make you immortal. You're going to be mine, I, my love, my sweet. As though Candyman is trapped in this moment of when he was killed, what he felt for a person like he was punished for love he still has that he still it's very emotep in a way um i don't mind that aspect but the fact that literally helen is supposed to be a a reincarnation of her that that's what they want to hit on rather than it just being like him picking a woman who he feels that way about and even like i wouldn't have had a problem if he did it repeatedly like that there was a history of him like when it's a woman who's done it he kind of approaches it that way. It's more fucked up in him trying to seduce them into immortality and they always refuse him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could have been another another cool. Yeah. Again, this is uh, written and directed by the same white dude uh, based off a of Clive Barker uh, uh, short story. Um, right. So I, I, I will, to give it, I guess, quote unquote, some credit for it being made by a white dude. I, I thought it, I, I, it could be a lot worse compared to like some I stuff agree. we get today. Like, I no, am. I am. Sorry. Yeah. A uh, hundred. No, no, no. It's. I. I agree with you a hundred percent on that. I, it, most of what I was focusing on there was to emphasize like why, even like in the first brush, Helen doesn't work for me is because she's she feels like she's, she's designed to fill that eventual role of I am the white woman from the past, and because mm-hmm. of that, she's not given a lot to actually have as a growth arc, uh, uh that doesn't exist outside of that bubble. Um, yeah. the the other uh, thing I think the uh, I think if I if I may uh, elaborate on something that I uh, that I feel a negative neg- towards negative this movie I think the rules for 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 him aren't uh, entirely clear because he's killed at the end of this he's burned to a crisp and charred and she becomes like I wasn't I wasn't sure if I if I if he was like a real I knew he was a real person but how is a spirit physically able like physically there i think they they didn't quite make it clear how he was able to be a physical person was the he sleeps he's like there's a scene where he's asleep yeah so my question is um is like the place where he ends up dying that like makeshift uh fort or whatever is that like some type of place of power that like is part of the lord that we don't know about or i don't know or just the rules unexplored so um i didn't i've never watched the the two sequels that exist yeah. But my my understanding of it is that Candy, like everything that happens physically with Candyman, is because Candyman lets it. Like mm. think like think like the same kind of like Nightmare on Elm Street rules. Like in the the original, she pulls him out and sets him on fire, and it looks like he burns to death on top of her mom, and that's the end of the story. But it turns out that she still like all of that was still related to his power of the dream world and that kind of thing. And I mean, like that movie still ends that kind of clear, but it's the same concept is that like, he only lets you see the physical things that he wants you to see. He ultimately has complete control once he's got that, that latch into you. So like, right. yeah, we saw him sleeping, but we saw him sleeping because he wanted Helen to see him sleeping. But he's not, uh, but that's not clear in the, in this movie. For sure. I'm not saying it's well executed. I'm just saying that that's my understanding of how his power set works is that you only see it because he wants you. He wanted a little boy to see his body. Right. Yeah. Like oh, that's, that wait. would be the law. You want to say that? No, you want to no. say it that way? <laughs> uh, he wanted the little boy to see his charred body in the, in the burning remains. Okay. Like it, that's the only way that it happens is if Candyman wants it to be happening. Right. Um, but it, but just taking this movie at, at, at face value, um, 
if that is the case, then why didn't he? Then why does he want that? Because he wants to continue existing as a as a rumor, as a as a myth. For for sure, that's a fantastic question. Uh, I'm I'm merely explaining that this seems to be how his powers work, at least in regards to them explaining his presence for sequels. Right. Uh, it is not me saying, oh, that's what they were thinking when they made it. Yeah. Um, I, and it doesn't make sense. You're right. They don't explain. Yeah. Like I don't understand why he can teleport wherever he wants around Helen, but he has to stay trapped in the burning fortress. Yeah. That is. Yes. That yeah. is. That is weird. Maybe. My final thought on this one. Because, like, it's kind of like a Santa Claus thing where, like, people have to, like, believe in him in a way. Maybe if, uh, because, like, he is being burned by all these people, the belief of all these people will help bring him back. And he knows that. I think that's a, I think oh, a, a reason, I think a reasonable explanation could be, could be gleamed from there if you spend, if you spend a lot of thought on it. Like, you know, they don't believe in him anymore. So that's how he is able to, uh, that's how he is able to, like, die because uh, yeah. he's depowered that's why he's asleep that's why you... so you can go there it's just the movie doesn't explore it well for it to be yeah. text you gotta gotta dig and create your own yeah uh, it's not it's just it's just a, a flaw i think the movie has but otherwise i think the movie's really good yeah i think honestly i uh the score is insane guys i the love the score i love like, the score uh looking up stuff for this movie um like one of the reasons it is so beloved because like it has like a score like no offense to the movie but like a score that's almost better than the movie because like no, it's, it's like Philip Glass this some like it's like career making work man like this is I, listening to this movie is insane it's so beautiful it matches so well with some like the um like the painting shots too of like of the Candyman stuff yeah um yeah uh, Philip Glass does fantastic work it's really it really is Philip Glass and Tony Todd that gained the movie the cult status it has. Um, I think if you made the same movie and it wasn't a black actor at all, because it's not it, like Tony Todd's doing a great job, but it's also just a big deal that it was the first like black killer in a horror film, like very, very explicitly uh, like major black character based horror film, former slave, all that kind of jazz. Um, if you take that away, I don't think Candyman's is special. Uh, yeah. If it were exactly the same movie with a white white guy being Candyman, I don't think it matters anywhere near as much. Um, and don't have Philip Glass's score. I, I think it gets forgotten pretty quickly. Um, I agree. The you bees. do have the the fantastic physical uh, practical effects with Tony Todd and bees you, in his did mouth. Did you hear the Did you hear the the, the trivia that he he got, he negotiated a thousand dollars for every bee sting? He was stung uh -huh. 23, 23 times. Yeah, oh. that's, that's a good deal. Uh, yeah, man. Um, yeah, that's some for real that shot, good deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like Virginia Madsen, I'm sure had to. Uh, I, I, she might have skipped the claws, but she got some bee shit too. Um, but yeah, like before CGI, like yo, we need a bunch of bees. You got to do it. Um, really spooky, and like like the rib cage full of bees. Like that's, that's well, the yeah. bees. The bees were apparently bred specifically for this movie because they needed to be. I think it was like, like 15 months old, so they would look like an adult bee, but not have a poisonous stinger yet. Oh, interesting. Right. Yeah. So they had they bred them like specifically for this movie. Yeah, cool. I like um, right. Yeah, they had to be. They had to be very, very practical, careful with it. Yeah, because um, a lot of because a lot of bees. You know, because when I saw that scene with the bees in his mouth, I'm like, that can't be a real him. That can't be the real kid, a real actor. Because I don't think I would want to do that. I'm like, no one. Budget. There's, I think, I think it's four shots, uh, not necessarily like different takes, but four shots that are close-ups of his mouth with the bees in it, and and one of them is uh from the take they did that's like with a fake prosthetic head where his eyes are shut 
Uh, yeah. And it's like recreated to look like Tony Todd really well, but other three are all actually Tony Todd. Yeah. And one of them, you almost think it isn't, and then his eyes blink, and you're like, no, that's him. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I knew, and I'm like, man, man. <laughs> thank God that's all. Yeah. I cannot believe, he's probably going to tell his grandkids, he's like, hey, so I was in this movie, and I had a bunch of bees in my mouth, like, what? Oh man, he's uh, he's definitely in probably this new one. So like, they could see it from the. He film. is. He is. They've they've explained that he is in this new one. Um, no. it's a really great like kind of a side note, real quick. Like, uh, there's a fantastic documentary called Horror Noir, uh, which was put out I think last year. It's a Shutter original documentary, so it's usually on Shutter streaming service only. However, this month because it's October, I just found this out, or I would have brought it up earlier. Uh, in the month, it's on Amazon Prime. Um, oh. and it's, it's a little over an hour and it's, uh, conversations with people like Keith David, who was in the thing and his, uh, progression called? through horror, uh, horror noir. It's like black noir. Yeah. Cause it's a, it, it's saying it's using noir to mean black. Cause it's black horror. It's about <laughs> right. black horror. Um, oh yeah. Got it. It's spelled cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so horror noir and it's all black, uh, actors and and film creators and all and uh uh film uh uh <laughs> i want to say studious but i mean professors um film professors uh discussing uh the impact of like how black horror films move through through time and there's a whole section where they talk with tony todd um it's it's immediately following where they talk about the black actor in night of the living dead and how that changed everything and then tony mm -hmm. todd was like the next big staple that changed things for black people in horror uh and blackula all three of those kind of one yeah. after the other um really really just worth your time but yeah Candyman, Candyman is um it's really special because of those things and there are there are glimpses in the movie i think in other moments where where it's also pretty got that same quality where, where you're not relying on philip glass you're not relying on tony todd but you're relying on something else um but i do think its strengths rely in like Tony Todd, both because of the power of his voice, but what they do with it, uh, when he first is calling out to Helen, you're like, oh, like the, the way that sounds. Mm -hmm. When we watched it here, we're watching it in uh, my parents' like movie watching room. So it's got the surround speaker system in it. Mm -hmm. And it's just Helen, like everywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, you did. <laughs> uh, real quickly, Tony Todd was in the remake of Night of the Living Dead in the 1990s. Yeah. I saw that movie. I don't remember. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, anyway. Candyman, I think Candyman for the most part is pretty good. Um, I, I kind of, I kind of wish they didn't make the white lady like the 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 killer at the end. You know, this taking away from Candyman a little bit. But I get like I get the story reasons, but I just don't think I thought I think it could have been a more affecting way to do something different. I think Ted Raimi is um, in this movie. Yeah, yes, he is. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that playing a bad boy. Yeah, it's the bad boy Ted Raimi. Uh, <laughs> It's very interesting because, like, in the context of the film, the opening doesn't really make sense, other than establishing the folklore. Um, like, honestly, not at all. Like, not at like, all. Uh, I I wish they didn't show Ton Tony Todd in that glimpse. I wish that wasn't the first time you saw him. Both because I I'd rather you not see him, and I also prefer the the idea that that isn't real, that that story never happened. Um, it's an because. Right, because it should be part of the urban legend because, like, everything else about what you learn about where Candyman attacks is, like, why would he be out in that fucking area? It has nothing to correlate to the rest of the story. Just like, it's just like the serial killer <coughs> flash cameo at the beginning, but, like, it yeah. wasn't needed here. Right. That's a really good um, point. If, that's, if, that mo if that moment doesn't happen, 
or is it just told to us instead of instead of seen? Yeah. Then my problems with the lore of this movie are erased because then there's no hard rules for what this character does at first. Right. Like uh, it, it, it would fall into the implication that like the Candyman lore isn't 100% accurate to what Candyman actually is. That they yeah. don't actually understand Candyman, which is even better because like you could yes. go hard into a message of how a lot of white people who are telling the story don't totally understand it. And again, like I think you could keep that entire opening scene the same. Just don't actually show us Tony Todd because that kind exactly. of tries to tell us that it is the real Candyman. If you yeah, don't because- show us Tony Todd, it's not real. It's all about, it's all about, again, this urban legend and this lady saying like, oh, I can disprove it. So like, don't show it so we can build disbelief with her. So when it actually happens, we all see it at the same time. And that's like, I again, have, building a character. Yeah, uh, I have never, I've never seen this movie, but uh, before now, but I always had a hard rule. Never say anything. Never say any of those names in the mirror ever. Not even once. Yeah. Don't ever do it. I've never uh, done it. So well, if, I stopped, if I have stopped saying uh, his name. It is because I'm concerned that the rules will consider this a mirror uh, <laughs> and I won't be able to sleep tonight. Right. Um, I, another part of it that like, it's it's frustrating when you watch it, I think, and I know it's frustrating for a lot of other people, is having Helen have Bernadette at her side through all this in the mm-hmm. first half of the film. And Bernadette is like a kind of ultimately a thankless character she's criticized for her own knowledge of the area that they're going into by helen Mm -hmm. while she is black and it's like sure wait you know it it, like like this whole this whole perspective of kind of like whitey knows better uh and and there's a a shot where they're looking at the two newspapers of the buildings it's like what do you see about these two buildings and i was like and she like scolds her for not guessing that the same building was like they don't look anything alike. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ber- Bernadette's kind of done dirty throughout the film. And uh, it's especially frustrating because you feel like if she hadn't had to be murdered in that one scene, um, she could have been the person who's like telling the story, writing the article at the end. Yeah. Like, like it could have been her talking about this stuff and what happened to her friend Helen and like writing about Candyman. And that kind of would have been a sense of justice, but instead you get this really, I get it, and thematically it's kind of poetic, but you get this really uncomfortable long march of black people for this white lady who, as far as everyone knows, is a murderer who stole a baby and then decided to do the right thing and return the baby. Exactly. Like, yes, the, yeah, like, yes, I understand the context the black people are saying, well, she killed Candyman. She did it. Um, yeah. But it, it's, it's kind of gross in like a, in like a step back and look at the, the large scale a- analysis of it. Yeah, yeah. Which is uh, which is why I'm I'm so excited for for 2021. Da- yeah, for Nia DaCosta's work, I I yeah. think we'll we'll do a lot for that. Yeah, yeah. I hope, I hope it comes out soon. I was gonna say in eight months. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Is that it? Is that everything? Uh, just every time Tony Todd appears, his presence is fantastic. Oh. He's, all right, yeah. I remember my point. If you don't mind, I no. uh, I I remember that in this movie he's not he's they said he's a he was a painter from across the sea, I think they said London. Um, he was a painter and he fell in love with this with this woman that he was supposed to paint. Um, and then I read the description for the third one and it's like they're dealing with the fact that he was a slave. I was like, I don't think he was in the first movie. His father was because mm-hmm. he's, he's a son of son of a slave. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because when you get that uh, big exposition dump, uh, this is one tiny little thing that I had is like, why do they call him Candyman 
if he had absolutely nothing to do with candy. Like the only reference to candy in this entire movie was the the candy wrappers that had razor blades in them. Nothing else. Well, yeah, the, you're right. The people call them sweets. Mm, I don't know. Why is it? It was slathered in honey, and the bees got them. So, like, maybe there you go. There you go. Well, that's not. Well, is honey considered candy? Back it in could the have been. It could have been in the 1820s. Um, I. I, I think the more direct question to, to the more direct answer to that, Ben, is that Candyman is his moniker now, not the moniker they gave him to when they they gave to him like around the time of his death or anything, you know. He's um, just the spirit that exists in this area because he died in this area. Uh, s- sweets, sweets and candy meant different things in the '80s, especially within like black circles. Um, so I, it's kind of implied that like again, it's kind of meant to be like a. That was their name for him, and you don't understand. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> um, Apparently, because uh, this is based off a novel, even though it's it's changed from being um, about uh, about different classes in England to uh, to you know a, a political strife in America, like kind kind of similar, but you know different. Um, they call him the Candy Man because the the urbanites of the city left him candy as an offering near the the ruined buildings where they think he used to dwell. But that's not in this movie at all. So. Well, they do. It is at least in the graffiti, like the sweets for the sweet. Um, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's that's very prominent. Like that, he is the 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 sweet. Um, and I do think like the the implication is that the candy that's left with the razor blades, those were things left trying to to kill the Candyman. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. okay. Candyman Candyman means something different in that building than Candyman means to the people who like are afraid to say his name in the mirror. Yeah. Those, those, and I don't, and again, like this is going back to like, I just don't think the film presents that information well enough because frankly, I don't think that the, the white people behind it did enough work to culturally do that. Guys, I don't True. think I, I don't think I expressed on you how deep my superstition for this sort of thing goes. I won't even sing the song. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Not that one. Oh. <laughs> I won't even sing. I won't even sing the the the, you know, the Seaman song. <laughs> Candyman, um, yeah. Uh, you know, technically, the uh, digital devices we're using are almost like a mirror, and we've said Candyman a bunch of times. I I haven't. I said it three times, and I stopped. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that didn't when, that didn't okay. save uh, Bernadette. <laughs> I wait. I have a. I have a. A okay. So when you edit this, and you. Mm-hmm. Now is it hmm, is it twenty is it is it five times in the same day in the same session? Because what if you immediately start editing this video and listen to yourself saying Candyman again? Does the past count, Brandon? How does this work? What are the rules? Well, we know that I cannot edit this episode anymore. Then you're fine. (laughs) We're being really technical. I'm saying this is technically not a mirror because it's not a mirror image. Like, look at my Dodger thing. You could read that. If this was a mirror, you would. It'd be backwards. Oh. oh, I'm still not gonna risk it. Because they say if you say it in a mirror, and this is not a mirror image. Okay, but I mean, Ben, reach to your right. That's my left. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> anyway, um, that's that's, that's Candy Man. Crap. Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> oh, you said it again. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I'm really glad you guys uh, you guys got something out of this. I do think that there's 
I, I, I almost think like the hardest thing about Candyman is that like it's not it's not bad like the stuff that isn't done well. And again, like uh, I want I think her husband is actually uh pretty well handled in this. I think as Xander a performer, Berkeley? yeah, I think as a performer and and his presence overall is executed pretty well throughout the film. I just don't think Helen's stuff in between is done super great. Also, we need to talk about the pretentious professor at dinner <laughs> with oh, the long man. hair. That guy's in, uh, in no, the second I feel, one, apparently. I feel bad. I mistook him for Stephen Fry. And then afterwards, I was like, nah. I Stephen did too. Fry. You did too? You're not? Oh, yes. I'm not the only one. Because when we first got that scene, I'm like, holy crap, that's Stephen Fry. And then fans like, who? Like, he was in the middle. So pretentious. Oh, my God. So um, it also bothers me that in that, like, that same moment, they're talking about how they're going to write a story about Candyman that will blow his out of the water. And he's like, do you know the story of Candyman? And Helen's just like, Mm-mm. shit and he's like what are you doing like honestly at that point i have to agree i'm like you're a graduate student working on this big article and you don't know like the, the story of candy man mm-hmm. don't worry he's gonna wax poetic and just talk about it for he's, five minutes don't worry he's gonna mansplain it to you but yeah. uh he shouldn't have to you should have done the work um <laughs> yeah that that's an irritating way to like insert that exposition there um uh, all right so that's the movie Tony Todd's awesome. Uh, I think now you you guys having heard his voice in this can all agree like he should have been the voice of Dormammu like he was supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I know. You know where I you know where I've seen him a lot in is uh, as a Klingon in Star Trek: Deep Space Nine, and then as a uh, a different species I forgot their name now, but in Star Trek: Voyager. Yeah. Oh, Double yeah. duty. Yeah. Both with uh, heavy prosthetic makeup. It's cool. I I do think like uh, there's there's a lot of solid stuff here. Um, all all the effects with him are really really well done. He's the fallen oh. in Transformers. Yes, he oh, is. I I also think uh, the painting scene of uh, when she's walking through the building and she comes through his mouth the first time, and then that image yeah. haunts her. I think yeah. that's brilliant. I think that I again like if we hadn't seen him in the opening of the movie, that would be a great like build to his reveal. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I agree. All right. Agree. What do we want to rate it? I'm going to give it a 7.5. It's pretty good. Ben. Yeah, I'll give it a 7.5 as well. Me. Yeah, 7.5. I also, I also feel it is a 7.5 film. Cool. Pretty good. Let's hope the Not next bad. one is a let's hope the next one is a 10. That's what I want. Well, that new um, that new the new movie we're supposed to get the trailer. Well, I was thinking to the scenes of the trailer that I have saw while I was watching this movie. And I'm actually looking forward to the new one more. Yeah. Say my name, say my name. It's Ryan's oh, Book Club. Hey, welcome to the Fake Nerd uh, Comic Shop. Yeah, hi. Um, Do you have any books? Uh, can you be a little more specific? Um, Anything readable? When no one is around you, say baby ice cream. Hey guys, <laughs> my name is Ryan Eliopoulos, and I picked... What I didn't know was an anthology book called <laughs> The Ice Cream Man, written by good old W. Maxwell Prince, uh, drawn by Martin Morazzo, and, uh, and colors by Chris O'Houlihan. Just kidding, it's Chris O'Halloran. Chris O'Houlihan? Chris O'Houlihan. Um, so this book is horrific, you guys, and I didn't, I just didn't know how how depraved it was going to get, but um, I... I when this book ended, I immediately wanted to buy the next volume because I immediately understood what this world was and all the Stephen King inspirations and all the tar- dark power inspirations. And I immediately was like, 
I am so into this book. Um, and it was only four issues, and it's just uh, you get it's this nice little in, sadness. We get the man in black. Yeah, yeah his name's like except, Clyde. Or except Paul. he seems to be the good guy. Yeah, yeah it's version. Colors are flipped. Um, Jordan, it's Jordan didn't Caleb. get that reference. Caleb and um, you're the Stephen King guy. Yeah. And Rick. Rick is the evil ice cream man, who is also part like werewolf, um, also maybe spaceman, also uh absolutely a Cthulhu demon from like it. Um yeah. I thought this um I, again I didn't I didn't know much about it, but seeing what it is, um, I thought this was was really cool. The first issue is is I think what I would call the only true horror issue. Mm-hmm. Um and that was frightening, honestly. With the, with the spider and the dead the parents yeah yeah oh man um I I just I find this world so fascinating because it f- very much feels like a um like like a dairy situation where this it's an entire town under the influence of whatever's going on dairy, dairy. ice cream dairy <laughs> uh, yeah um, I, I but like the, all these people living in this town and this demon kind of just doing what what for and then the, the man in black shows up going what are you doing in my town bro and he's like yeah. oh no um i think uh again it's only four, four issues so like there's not a lot of lore but like th- there's an issue where a guy goes into his mindscape and, and goes to like the future and like fights like the the evil ice cream man of the future and it's like With eleanor rigby and major tom and oh Ziggy God, stardust oh, oh. It's, that was my favorite. Yeah. I love all those musicians, but like this book was just—I—I I didn't expect it, and it blew—it blew me away. Uh, just with just with how really sad it can be too. Just like some really really sad poetry. That that's the kind of shit that I really like. Um, yeah. Sparks, do you have anything? Uh, yeah. I mean, I I really um, overall I really liked it. Uh, for me, I found the second issue to be a little bit of a lull. Um, not bad, just like didn't didn't keep me gripped uh, uh, all the yeah, way through. Yeah, the second issue is the weakest one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but overall, I I still like enjoyed what we were looking at. I thought the first issue was was solid. Uh, the, just I, rock I, solid. I like the second issue because uh, what this volume does, it gives you a good a good um, barometer of how of uh, how crazy things can be and how subtle things could be. Because we do have one issue like we're going into like space with Eleanor Rigby and, and David Bowie, and then this one's just about people dealing with drug addiction um, yeah. and just how how the Ice Cream Man can influence the, the micro and the macro. Um, but I do still think it's the weakest issue. But I appreciate it being there for just showing it, that it's not just all cosmic stuff. It could be little situational stuff. For sure. Uh, yeah, I don't even think like it's. It, it, I also agree. I don't think it's bad overall. I just uh, it it lulled in places for me. Yeah. Um, whereas I felt the other three were were pretty solid all the way through. Remind me really quick what happened in the fourth issue because I'm kind of blanking. The fourth issue is about the gentleman uh, who goes to his friend's funeral. Oh uh, yes. yeah. For one last hug. Uh yeah, that one was something. Um, and and Chris goes to hell, and his hell is is green screen, but also just wacky, and things keep changing. Yeah, um, and you're I, you're hearing the text bubbles of him over moments in the conversation. Yeah. Oh, the ice cream man looks awesome. It's like a sludge monster. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely like like 100 it vibes. Like this is absolutely like Stephen King influenced on its on its butt. Um, you get you get the cool man in black. Like I'm. Uh, I hate, I hate that this is only four issues because I'm spending how much money for four issues? But oh, gosh darn, this is a, was it this image. Is a, this is image. Yeah, it is, yeah. So this one was seventeen dollars. 
Yeah, the nice, but the nice thing is, like, you wait a little longer, they, they tend to go down in price. Like, where they're being priced out at comic stores and stuff, you can usually find them on nice deals. Yeah. Um, Image used, I, to, I, used to make sure that every single first volume of comic book was nine ninety nine. What happened? I'm pretty uh, sure I'm pretty sure Ice Cream Man right now is available for, like, $7. That's what I saw. Probably, yeah. When I was looking uh, into it. Yeah, I just, I find, like, man, I, uh, of course, because of the screen scan, I'm not gonna be able to show it, but, like, some of this just insane imagery of just like the spit of like, like the the ice cream future where they were the 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 aging rock star has to save the world in a Bill and Ted esque moment. But was it happening in his brain? Did that really happen? Like we see a spaceship at the end. Like a uh, yellow submarine. What? It's a yellow submarine. A yellow submarine. Yeah. Goddamn. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, that's so good. How did I miss that? I'm so stupid. Uh, I just. <laughs> I just think, again, like, there's not much to talk about in these four issues because each one is kind of its own little tone piece with the ice cream man just bringing his own, his, just, everyone has their own flavor of misery. Just like, what kind of flavor do you want? Um, do you know what he says in Portuguese in that third issue? I look, uh, yes, I do. Brandon, thank you for, I, I, I Google translated it. Let me hold on. Yeah. Um, yes. Um, I will eat your children's skin. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this aging rock star was like, I learned Portuguese, so I so I can teach these, so I can have these kids listen to my my old school song. And then the ice cream man says something in Portuguese, and if you translate, he's super it, happy I, about it. He's super happy about it. Is I will eat your children's skin, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> okay, okay so I did not catch that. Yeah. And Ryan, have- well, also my Portuguese isn't as isn't fluent, so we translated it. Yeah, you we just put it into Google Translate. We didn't. We didn't learn Portuguese to learn it. I spent six months learning it for that one joke. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think. I think the. I guess they probably had to end it at at this uh, at issue four because that's when you get introduced to a new character who probably uh, drastically changes things. Um, I just don't want to spend eighteen bucks on four issues, man. That's more than I would buy yeah, them individually. I didn't realize I didn't realize there was only twenty issues of this comic book. Yeah, I mean, it's only it's it's yeah. Issue twenty one comes out soon, but I wanted to buy this book because the covers. I'm sure you've seen at the comic store if you've looked. Yeah. They're the Doctor Seuss inspired covers, and they're all yeah. like the cat in the hat, or or you know, thing one and thing two. But they're the the ice cream man, and they're just horrifying. Um, yeah. and this book is like it's doing super well. It's super popular. Um, I, I said it a million times, but like I think it got picked up for like an anthology TV show, like on AMC or something. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm just I'm, I'm very excited to read more of this book. Uh, I, I have a couple volumes left to read. Uh, can't wait to pick them up. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I have much else to say. There's not a whole lot to dive into. No, it's 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 uh, this is definitely a book I I almost wish I did for the book club because it, it seems very easy just to talk about little chunks. But um, yeah. it was a nice nice little easy read this week. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I got next. Thing. Go right ahead. Yeah, no, you three kept on going, so I just I, right, just, I want I want I want to talk about this more. Actually, yeah. So I fucking hate the ice cream man. Good. Oh, what happened no. to Ben? What happened Damn. to Ben? I have no idea. Damn, he just got shut off, by audio listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ben. I just yeah, you I let saw, me finish my damn. I saw thought. it. I saw the opportunity and I went for it. If you will let me finish my damn thought. Yeah. Do I Go have ahead. before? Go ahead. Thank you. Man, it was a joke. Relax, my homie. No, so... Brandon, that one wasn't cool. Now he's not going to be Okay, cool you motherfucker. I am done with the shit. That one wasn't <laughs> cool. Man, I'm just kidding. 
Ben, yeah, when have I ever, when have I ever, when have I ever done that to you and just left you off the show? <laughs> I know you weren't gonna leave me off the show for for, uh, for real, but fuck it. All right. When I say I hate the ice cream man, I hate the character of the ice cream man for how vicious slash kind he is. Because mm-hmm. when I was reading the first volume, I I didn't I knew that something was off about him. And actually, um, you guys say that issue two is the lowest one. I actually like issue two. I think the, the weak issue was issue four because that's the one that I forgot until Sparks asked what was going on because I completely forgot issue four. One, two, and three were the ones that was more prevalent in my mind. I also I'm thinking, just forgot issue four. What was issue four again? Right. It was, one of the, it was the, the dad and the son. Because for me, issue two, um, like when the ice cream man finally shows up, I thought, oh, he must be like, it, he's kind of like the manifestation of the monkey's paw where where he's offering you yeah that's the dead body i know where he's offering you the one thing you know you want but if you take it it's gonna go south and of course karen takes it and she dies of an overdose um hip because when i first when i read the first volume i thought oh, okay we're gonna see um 5v which i really like her the cop and i'm thinking okay she's trying to find out these things and he's gonna and there she's the protagonist the ice cream man is the antagonist because he can apparently turn into this creepy werewolf monster and can magically turn things into ice cream when it turned into an anthology series centered around the ice cream man i'm like okay this is this got a little more creepier like the the kid with the spider and the the brazilian uh the brazilian spider and mm-hmm. the two parents are like that's messed up it's pretty and it's playing a commercial the ice cream man yeah, it's playing commercial, and I feel like because there, I did notice that like um, the vultures are gonna eat your eyes, or when he says stuff like that, like when he when he speaks in Portuguese, like I will eat your children's skin. I feel that that is what he is saying, but that's not what the people are hearing. Oh yeah, it's it's it, it's a traditional it mm-hmm. shit. Happen. Yeah. I wanted to know more about Five V. Five V has a thing where she can apparently read her partner's mind. Yeah. Um, again, like it's these little things where I'm like, I'm sure that's going to show up in like five issues yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, I thought that was interesting too. I just uh, the green screen's ruining it again. But like, oh, yeah. the, the, find the the music people. I love it. Rocky Raccoon, Ziggy Stardust, El- and Eleanor Rigby actually had her face in a jar. I and, uh, and Ruby Tuesday. Like when I got to that episode, I'm like, oh, I'm like naming all the bands, all the songs. Ruby I Tuesday. actually really liked it because it made me feel sad because of of an aging rock star who had that great one hit wonder in the 50s but then just fell off because the subsequent records didn't measure up to the one hit song yeah. bud bud hickey mm-hmm. look at bud hickey he's rocking all the time look at that old guy i love it yeah did, it really, did he yeah, say I mean, as, a, as a so i didn't now i did enjoy this book i did not like the feelings it gave me when i was about to go to sleep 10 minutes later that's I, exactly the point of horror did it not? yeah and i don't want to read anymore i'm good yeah, I didn't cool. think yeah. it was all that scary, honestly. Hmm? I didn't think it was all that scary, honestly. It was more you the know. imagery, like um, it was more the imagery, like when we see the last page, the 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 cowboy in black, as I'm just gonna call him, and then you see the ice cream man huddled, but his face is in shadow. You see his teeth that are pointy and jagged. For sure. Hold on. I'm just yeah. gonna. <laughs> you because- know, I I felt it was uh, you know, I I talked about Gideon Falls a lot. 
Um, I, uh, as far as like horror goes, um, I think Gideon Falls, Falls was a lot scarier for me. I had nightmares about that one. I don't think okay. I'll have nightmares about this one. Sure. Um, well, no, this, they're drastically different books as well. Yeah. yeah. Look at that Fraser Irving, a famous gold uh, uh, mm. Power Rangers artist. Yeah. Famous um, Power Rangers artist, yes. Because yeah. yeah, when, when I was reading the book, there are times when I'm like, what exactly is the ice cream man? But then I just chalked it up to like, you know what? He's just a, a, a being that likes to wreck people's lives. Yeah. yeah. He, he has the... Who, what do kids like? What do people enjoy? They like the ice. They they see the ice cream man. They're like, oh, Mr. Ice Cream Man. He'll always give you a thing of ice cream, but that's a one way ticket to hell or a one way ticket to the ice cream drink. man. The ice cream man in my in my neighborhood sells drugs. Mm-hmm. That's kind of ice cream man. Well, good. All right. Uh, but yeah, uh, I cold. thought this was. I thought this was a solid pick. Uh, I I think there's a lot mm-hmm. of good stuff here. I'm interested in reading more at some point. Yeah. Um, I, I, might re- I might revisit this again in the future, but as of right now, nope, I'm good. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. You're not. You're not the horror boy like I am. It's okay. What are you talking about? He loves Stephen King. I keep forgetting. I don't yeah. know how. It's literally the the longest running joke at this point. <laughs> it really is. Uh, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do for next week. Uh, I have a couple of picks I'm deciding about whether or not I want to keep being a spooky or do I want to move on because next week will be November 1st. Even though we're doing, even though we are doing a horror movie next week, we are doing his house. Oh, then do it. Um, so I don't know. I might pair that with a horror book or I might pair it with a other book. I don't know. I'll talk to you guys after this. Sure. Um, okay. We also have other shows on this channel. If you're watching this live or if you're watching this on the replay or if you're listening to the audio, we have a lot of stuff on YouTube on this page. Make sure to like this video and subscribe to this channel, however, because uh, we've got a lot of cool shows such as the Fake Nerds Watch. Uh, Fake Nerds Watch is a series where we do after shows for various uh, uh, nerd-based TV series. Um, started with Game of Thrones, recently ended with Lovecraft Country. Uh, we just did our final episode of Lovecraft Country. That is in the description below and up on this channel now. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, boys. We, we also did the boys we did a full season recap that's up on this channel now uh link in the description below and coming up we're doing the mandalorian it's coming out oh. at the end of this week wait it comes out at the end it comes out next week it comes out on friday it comes out on friday oh my god <laughs> yeah <laughs> too, much, too much too much entertainment oh my god uh yeah so there's the mandalorians coming um on our basement arcade we got some spooks some spooky mm-hmm. arcades uh we have that's our let's play series where we go through various video games we have uh dead by daylight highlights uh two of them up but time you listen to this the second one will be up but one of them is up now so it's, uh, i want to clarify it's uh, there's one highlight set uh video and then the next video that's going up is just a full session it's not highlights it's a full session oh full good, night, Mag. good night Mag. um so yeah, Dead by Daylight. There's a lot of cool stuff there. Uh, a lot of a lot of screen. Ryan, you're you're really fun to watch. Thanks. I I, I try. Um, all right, and we also have uh, Left for Dead coming this week. Yep. Yes. You talk it was about so it? nice playing that game again, Sparks. Let me tell you, it was. Um, and more basement arcades will come, especially when this quarantine lifts. Right. We yeah, also have the Victor Book Club. Ryan and I could finally finish Sonic Mania. Yeah, how many parts do you guys got left? Thirty. Who knows? <laughs> I don't remember okay. anymore. We also have the Fake Nerd Book Club, 
That is a, that's our freshman series, our newest series. We're talking about book series, comic book series specifically. Um, we currently have a series going with the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. A final episode is coming. Maybe next, maybe this week, maybe next. Don't take play that one by ear, but it's coming uh, soon. That'll be the end I'm, of it. I'm gonna say week after. I, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not gonna be this coming week. I'll still yeah. partially be here and traveling back. So, um, so that'll what's that? It's just Catwoman? a catworm. That's just gorgeous as hell. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that'll be our last, our last Power Rangers, and then we will pick a new book and we will do that one. Um, guys, this quarantine's not stopping. Make a no. stop. Buy your masks. Buy our masks. We still got some Fickner yeah. podcast masks. Uh, you can click the link in the description for my girlfriend's uh, custom made Fickner podcast mask. I'll even sign them. I don't care. You want to have Sharpie on your mask? I'll do it. I mean, I don't think I don't think that's a good idea. Like, hey, I don't think your it's friend, like- your friend on Downright Annoyed was like, if I buy one, will you sign it? And I said, I guess so. But it would just be me. And he was like, I don't care. Do it. So I did it. OK. Hey, any- there you go. I wonder if my mom um, bought a mask because she, she saw me wear mine once and she said she wanted to buy one. Nice. How come Fanny never bought one? Hmm? <laughs> she just <Anyway>. wears his. <laughs> Don't do that. No. Um, uh, click the link in the description below to get some of your get your twenty seventh favorite podcast uh, mask. We also have a Patreon if you like to support the show. Uh, really cool. Uh, if you like to be cool people, you're. That makes that implies that you're not cool people, and Mag sticks with us the entire show, so that's that's really bad. Um, <laughs> we have a Patreon. You can click the link in the description below to go to our Patreon, where you got one tier. Um, don't do the twenty five dollars tier. I'm taking it down. I promise. I swear. Um, we have a five dollars tier where you get some cool stuff that I haven't updated, and you can go to our T public. Man, I'm really selling the Patreon, right? Boy, that so, sounds great, <laughs> doesn't it? Sounds so. I cool. mean, when we like utilize it more, we'll we'll do. We'll, I don't know. We don't believe in a lot of content behind paywalls. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, we try to make it enticing for people to... Is supporting, you guys, is supporting us not enticing? I don't want to get into that. Um, <laughs> T-Public. We have a T-Public. You can buy some shirts. You don't want to buy content. You can buy some shirts. We got to get paid for those. Yeah, um, you can buy t-shirts with me with me, cartoon as a cartoon telling, telling you to not be a dick. Oh, That's Ben. True. I think I want a shirt with your face. With a Dodgers jersey. What? Why? What? what? And, I, and I meant a Giants jersey. Oh, oh funny, Brandon. Now it's funny. Man, this is. I was, I was like, this is a little slow today. It's like you want to put me on a shirt while wearing my Dodgers jersey? No, we oh, should just, we should God. just plaster a, a Giants jersey and Giants baseball cap over the "Don't be a dick" and then say World Series champions when the Dodgers inevitably lose. Um, go ahead, Brandon. boy. I love that. <laughs> I don't. All right. Or we got. Ben, shut up. I'm doing the end of the show. Uh, or you can go to our website, our www.fakenerpodcast.com, where you can find all these links uh, at that website. Maybe some new articles if I can get myself to write them. Um, I want to write about Quibi. I really want to write about Quibi. Um, thank, thank you to everyone who listens. We greatly appreciate you guys. Thank you to guys who have been watching this live stream. Uh, Thank you to everyone who every week at late at night watch this three hour live stream for us. <laughs> yeah. Like y'all got, I'm not really appreciate that, honestly. Like seriously. But thank you to everyone who listens uh and watches the replay and do all that. Make sure to like this video, subscribe to this channel, make sure to subscribe places that's later in this whole thing. Thank you to Jeremy Bellucci. Uh, Wait, thank for, you to who? 
Jeremy Bellucci. Oh, sure. Oh, oh, he's been here the whole time. time. What are you kidding me? Sparks told me that if I was quiet the entire time that you made the podcast, he'd get me a cookie. So. Yes. Holy shit. <laughs> we make our music, y'all. That's amazing. Oh my that's, god. That's good. <laughs> that's good. I'm really damn high, so that played really well for me. Oh man, that is good. That is really good. Holy crap. Wow. Hi, Jeremy. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing a lot better now that I've seen uh, Sparks' uh, flashlight here. Oh. <laughs> it's a flashlight. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's a Borat joke about that actually in the in the new movie. That's a good one. Um. Anyway, <laughs> thanks, dude, for our music. <laughs> oh yeah well you know like thanks for like letting me like make the show because like otherwise i wouldn't have a feed <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> um but yeah he's got a podcast suburban proctologist oh um is there an outlet oh boy oh no now you gotta go off <laughs> now you gotta leave <laughs> um yeah so like you may maybe know maybe you don't know that i do a show it's called suburban proctologist we literally I, talk about it every week oh then you guys probably know so i don't have to say anything. <laughs> That's where me. can they find it oh oh i don't even know anymore okay let brandon do it <laughs> all right you can you can find it on itunes you can't find it on iTunes, or you can find it at Suburban Proctologist Official or at Subproc Podcast. You can find you at Jeremy Belucci Keyboards on Instagram. Yeah, that's true. Oh, and it's on Spotify too. It is on Spotify. Yes, it's on Spotify. Yeah, you can you can find it anywhere. I, and eventually, I'm going to put it up on YouTube. Um, yeah, cover all my bases. Yeah, and so. you got a new episode coming, maybe. Yeah, stuff's being written. I, so here's what happened. <laughs> I had an episode like ninety percent done. And then I, I decided I didn't like it anymore. And so I haven't erased it. I'm going to cherry pick good pieces out of it. There's some good pieces. Mm-hmm. Good pieces. Need to rewrite. But, yeah. Sure. Um, but I'm, yeah, I don't know. Um, my, my, my compadre here is going to, to help me uh, outline some stuff. So we, we were literally talking about it two hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's funny as hell though. Um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, Think you know maybe we'll get some new theme music from you. Also, we've been talking yeah. a little bit about it. The studio's done. Well, it's not done, but it's um I moved into it now, so I can actually yeah. work again. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Congratulations on the and studio. A good couple months there, where I was I was really scraping the barrel to get any time writing anything. So now I can actually get to work again. I've got all my keyboards laid out, and I've got a little cubicle of sound. <laughs> so. I love it. Um, okay, now we have to go off you and talk about Mike Matola, our other collaborator. Um, <laughs> Mike, I got a surprise for you! <laughs> That'd be funny. Who's this Mike guy? He made the logo. Oh, I'm going to have to beat him up then, because we're, we're competing for airtime. Uh, Mike Matola is, uh, uh, is, a, is a good friend. Um, he's been on the show a couple times. Uh, maybe on the show coming soon, we'll tell you more about that when we do that. You can find him at Mike Matola. He did our logo for uh, Fictor Podcast, Fictor Book Club, and Miscellaneous. Um, yeah, he's not here, so he can't talk for a couple minutes about it. So, anyway, <laughs> you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fictor Podcast, FictorGuys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ryan? I'm at DJ Tony Snark everywhere, all day, every day. Ben? 
You can find me rooting for the Los Angeles Dodgers until the day I die, and also apparently being the butt of every joke alive on this show at BenMagga27 on Instagram and Twitter. And also, if you happen to like old school video games, like me, I write for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. New articles coming up this week. I was going to try and write it today, but unfortunately didn't get around to it. because reasons. Dodgers. Dodgers. Not just the Dodgers. I woke up late because I only had four hours. Man, of sleep. your turn, <laughs> Jeremy. You did it. You did your thing already. I did your thing actually. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Sparks. Uh, you can find me spending the next couple of days with this handsome son of a bitch uh, <laughs> at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter. S P A R K Z Witty. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcasts. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Until next week, guys. Stay safe, nerds. <laughs>